Let me see you go back. Let me see you come in. Now let me see you go back. Let me see you come Let me see you go back. Let me see you go back. Let me see you go back. Let me see you come in. It's Friday and I'm ready to train. Pick up my girls and hit the party scene tonight. Oh, it is all right as we are live back in action from the football field to the NFL Shield. This is the third and three podcast brought to you by Anchor Radio and presented by the Sports Column. The third and three team is dedicating today's show to all the veterans, wishing and thanking all our heroes, including one of our own, the military who have served, still do, and will in the future. Hey, guys, my name is Jason Fierman, alongside my superheroes. Ladies first, call a Captain Marvel, the goddess of statistics and knowledge, Miss Tricky Nikki Gist. How are we today? Couldn't have said it better myself, exactly. This is one of my favorite days of the year. It's, in a way, sad, proud, happy. You know, it's everything mixed into one, Damien. And look, man, you're our captain. You're Captain America. You're Captain Triple Lock. You're the Saints team captain. You're the real deal, man. You're Damien Adams. And again, I thank you also personally, man, as being one of our heroes that has served. And just God bless you, bro. Yeah, I don't think people really understand. And obviously, we're not going to get into it, you know, deeply in the show today as we know we're ready to talk some football in a few minutes here. But I don't think people understand who have not been in it. And I have not. I have not been in the military at all. But I have a lot of friends who have, including you, uh, Damien. And it is it, it is something else. It really is amazing the things that they put you guys through and the training that you go through and people really can't understand it until they're put in your shoes. I mean, it, it really gets something else and it touches me very, very deeply. All right, before I cry, let's get on to football. All right. We're uh, more than halfway through the season and there's still some teams we're sure about, unsure about. We know about five or six teams that are going to make it into the postseason eh, somewhere around there in January. We're going to talk about that topic along with some new segments and we got a lot going on as we got Tricky Nikki G in the house again and Mr. Damien Adams also. Thank God they're both here. I would be nothing without them. And first of all, the neighborhood news, I found it interesting with uh, Bruce Arians calling out Tom Brady uh, a little bit. But I don't know. That's a lot of PR stuff. I don't know how much we're going to get into that as the Falcons continue to confuse the football loving universe. But very interesting. Raheem Morris going unnoticed, 3-1 and one with Atlanta. I know that doesn't make you necessarily happy, Damian, but uh, he's doing a pretty good freaking job, and maybe they hang on to him 
and let him, you know, stay around and be the head coach over there next season because they're doing better. And if they progress, D, then how could you not give the guy the job? Yes, no, he definitely deserves a shot if he continues to have his team performing this way. They look like a new squad that can hold on to leads. <laughs> and a lot of that is coaching when you think about being able to handle your situation and be composed have a team that's composed in those big-time situations where a team is doing everything they can to come back in the game, and now Atlanta's hold on to leads, and they're doing the right things to win. And, you know, we touched on it last week about how the Chargers haven't learned how to win yet, and maybe Atlanta's turning that corner. They do have talent there, so that's something that maybe the NFC will have to worry about in one of our segments later on today. Um, and I'll play a play, and you may touch on the Falcons. Oh, look at this, the teaser over uh-huh. here that he is. Ah, yeah. Nikki, I know the Falcons have been driving you crazy, so Raheem Morris, uh, maybe evening out your your brain there a little bit. <laughs> they frustrate. I'm like even more frustrated with them. Like, <laughs> I just I cannot like I can't even imagine being a fan of this team because I thought the Giants were frustrating. The, the Falcons take it to a whole new level. I'm glad they're on a bye week because I just can't pick them. I, I just can't do another game with them. <laughs> I love it. Um, I'm glad you brought up your Giants. I want to talk about them in a little bit. I, 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 there's a very interesting situation going on over there. Uh, just continuing neighborhood neighborhood news, uh, the Steelers stay unbeaten, but off the field, they're a little beaten with COVID. Uh, look, a couple of the guys uh, tested positive. Uh, ben Roethlisberger's on the COVID reserve list as well. If they you know, are negative by Saturday, they can play, so we got to keep our eyes on that. As the Steelers stay undefeated, the Jets stay defeated, stay beaten after a tough loss on Monday Night Football to the Patriots, which is like a moral victory for me, guys, because I picked the Jets and came down to the, look, a kick from their former kicker, the Jets, actually. Nick Folk Damien comes in, blasts a 51-yarder with no time on the clock, and the Jets played a good game. Yes, no, it was a really good game to watch. Um, who would have thought that the Monday night game would be so much better than the Sunday night game? Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the, that Monday night game was a really good one to watch. And the Patriots, it, I don't want to get too deep into it, but, yeah, it, it definitely was a good game to watch. And you do deserve some credit for even knowing that the game would be close. So, <laughs> I think that. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Hey, look, Cam looked very relieved after that game, Nikki. That's the one thing I noticed, that he looked more relieved than happy. He's like, thank you, God, I needed to win this game. Oh, my God. Could you imagine if he didn't? Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, that, that would have been a wrap. But uh, we'll get into the moral victories, Jay. Yeah. I have a different opinion on that. Oh, okay, okay, no doubt. Well, I'm looking forward to it. And as I, as usual, you never know what the hell each other's going to say. So we'll get into everything. We'll find out. We did find out that Tua looks like he belongs, guys. Real quick, get into that for a second. Damien, your opinion first is what I saw from Tua, he just looked like he's been playing in the NFL for, for five years. He didn't dazzle me. He just went out and did it. That's all I can say. He just went out and did it. Yeah, no, it was amazing watching that game. It was a really good game between the future of the NFL. You see Kyler Murray, you see Tua. Those are the type of quarterbacks that will lead the future now. These very athletic quarterbacks who can also sling that thing. Yep. And both these quarterbacks did, did it in this game. And Tua had a few plays where there was one play that stood out to me where he was looked like he was sacking the backfield and he dodges a sack. He dodges another cornerback coming in for a low hit and gets a first down. And, and that's one part that people were worried about was those well, athleticism still going to be the same after the hip surgery. And he looks good to go, man. So if he can stay healthy, he can be a really good quarterback going forward. And Kyler Murray, you know, 100 rushing yards and, you know, going on along with 
this passing as well. It was a really good game to watch. So it was shocking that, you know, it didn't go to overtime with the field goal kicker yeah. being short on a 49-yarder. So, yeah, that was a really good game to watch. Though. I know, and you were actually, uh, you picked that one. I was amazed. You, you said Miami. I, I thought there was no chance that they were going to go down and, and win the game, Nikki. You know, I, you know, we both had uh, Arizona in that game, Kyla Murray, you know, but Miami and Tua, yep, they got their guy. They're good to go. They are good to go. Look, sometimes you don't need the razzle-dazzle, right? Just somebody right. that can get the job done. And it looks like Tua can do that for the Dolphins. So I think that fan base should be really excited. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I wasn't, like, it, it didn't blow me away what I was seeing. It, it just looked like a guy, like a veteran quarterback who's been out there mm-hmm. doing it for years. So that amazed me how just composed he was. Uh, really amazing. So uh, moving on real quick over here, uh, maybe a 16-team playoff schedule for the quote-unquote meaningful or important games, as they're calling it. If they're not able to be played at the end of the season, obviously due to COVID and whatnot, they're going to go eight teams in each conference where we had last year six teams. This would be the first year going to seven teams as it was proposed by me. Yes, about two years ago. It's on the internet Go look it up. I wrote a freaking article about it. So another one that they steal from us because we're a team over here. But, um, yeah, so what they might do is if they can't play again, these quote-unquote meaningful games, Nikki, at the end, they're going to have a 16-team playoff, and which would also mean that the top seeds won't get a bye either. So that kind of screws them over. Okay, so so they're going to introduce, because I'm not, I don't know all the details yet. So they're going to have the ace team if they can't, if they, what is it exactly? Th- exactly. That's what I'm, I literally, this is what I read. <laughs> Quote, unquote. So they can't get a makeup game in, or? No. The NFL refuses to do it. They don't want to lose time or lose money or anything like that. That's just not their style at all. You know, so they're they're going with this all the way, and they're like, you know what? If we can get an extra playoff game out of it, that's just more money for them. But they don't want to they don't want to hold it back. So that's this whole conundrum right now. It's it's unfair, but again, it's a year unlike any other year. So, Damien, I have no choice but to go along with it because it's obviously an unorthodox year. Yeah, it's definitely a crazy year, and for me, if you're not able to finish the regular season, I guess. The eight playoff teams makes sense. Um, but for me, the NFL playoffs, what makes it special is that it's so hard to get into the playoffs. Right. Right. And for me, being a big basketball guy, sometimes there's years where, especially in the Eastern Conference, right, there's going to be one or two, maybe even three teams in the playoffs that aren't truly playoff quality. Oh, that are like under 500 easily. It makes me yeah. sick. I hate that. Yeah. So in the NFL, you don't want that to happen. Now, you being a baseball guy, did you feel like the baseball playoffs – this year took a hit because there are extra teams or did you like that factor? I, I liked what they did, to be honest with you. I really do because they got more teams involved and it was a year that we were just dying for sports to begin with. Now, the ratings obviously took a hit. The ratings took a hit in every sport this year so far. But I do like what they did. I think it got more people interested in this kind of almost, uh, you know, March Madness tournament setting that baseball's never had before. So it was brand new and interesting, and I think that's why people liked it. But we keep losing baseball fans no matter what. That's the problem. Because boring. <laughs> <laughs> Hence why we don't talk about it on the show. <laughs> 
stadium, you have a couple beers, you don't even pay attention, and you're just like drunk by the fifth inning, and it's a wrap. Right? <laughs> it's boring. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Look, it really is. And if you're not a diehard fan of a team, it's very hard to watch. There's no question. One more thing in neighborhood news that we, I think that we definitely have to get to, guys. We spoke about it quickly off air, is this new deal that has been proposed. And as far as I I have read so far, it has gone through uh, with the owners with a new minority coaching deal where if a team, let's just throw 49ers have a minority assistant head coach, whether it's wide receivers, uh, coach, defensive coordinator, anything like that, other than the head coach, if he then gets hired by another team, say the Seattle Seahawks, all right, then the Seattle Seahawks would be the team that gets three extra that, that gets an extra third round draft pick. Whereas they were talking about before many months ago that if a team even just hired a, a minority head coach, that they would get extra draft picks or whatever it may be. So again, they're going back to this this thing where you know, of course, I want everybody to have a fair shot and somewhere in there guys we know that there isn't a fair shot otherwise there would be more minority head coaches out there than just the three or four that we have right now so you know so there isn't many but again it's making things like like no it just tastes bad Damien it doesn't it doesn't make sense you should just be hired on your merit and the owners that's their freaking problem they need to get their stuff together I just don't like somebody being handed something or given something because you want an extra draft pick. Now, I don't know if teams would go that far to do something like that, but that's sick to do something like that, in my opinion. It really is, D. Yeah, I don't like it. Uh, It's very affirmative action-esque. And when you hear those words, affirmative action, and someone says that's an affirmative action hire, the person who gets that job, who people already have that look on, it's going to be fighting an uphill battle from that point forward. Yeah, good point. It's not fair to them to come in under that circumstance because now if they have, say they start their career, their coaching career with a few bad seasons, they're not going to get the same chance of other coaches to try to get it turned around. It's going to be looking, okay, we already made the hire, we got the draft pick, we're going to go in a different direction. Instead of saying, okay, this is the coach that we truly wanted, this is the guy, we don't need an extra draft pick, Oh, this is the woman. We only extra draft pick. We got our person. Let's go that way. So I don't like the plan at all to give a draft pick to hire minority coaches. It shouldn't be in 2020. We shouldn't have to do this. Yeah, you know, man. We have to um, put in these type of parameters to hire minority coaches. So I, yeah, I don't like it at all. It doesn't uh, like I said. It takes away from the hire more than it does add to it. You know what? You, you made so many good points right there. And Nikki, I want to get your thoughts. The one thing that you said that was they're under the microscope immediately. That was such a, I didn't even think about that part of it, that immediately, this, whoever it may be, like you said, it could even be a female. It's going to be immediately put under the microscope and say, okay, well, let's see how this journey goes now. And let's see if now this assistant is going to go to another team and which team could it be. And it's a whole nother dynamic that doesn't belong, Nikki. It, it, it just, it should be the best man for the job. And again, we've said it on the show a million times, not only just Eric Bieniemy, but there's so many other head coaches. And I'm glad that Raheem Morris is getting another shot with the Falcons right now to show that anybody can do it. You just have to have the right football mind. 
It doesn't matter what freaking color you are. If you know football and you can lead a team, then you're the guy or the gal. Man, I wish you'd get a gal in there, head coach. That is my, that is my wish. One day. I would love to see that. that. And no, I'm with you guys. I hate this. I feel like, it's like you guys said, we really shouldn't be at this point in 2020. I don't know why we feel we need this incentive. There are a lot of talented people out there who just need a shot. And I think maybe we need to look at the organizations instead of just, oh, here's, you know, extra third round draft pick to just get your token, you know, African-American male or female or your token female. Listen, I work in a male-dominated industry. Believe me, I'm under a microscope no matter what. It becomes a whole sideshow, like you guys said. So I don't like this. It should be merit only. And if you got the man or woman for the job, then that's who should do it. Yeah, well, look, we're all in agreement over there. I appreciate what the NFL is trying to do. I can. It's just not the right way to do it. And I'm not exactly sure what the right way is, guys, but maybe we can actually put our heads together one show and, and think about something. But... Um, again, I am pre- I appreciate the intent, but it's it's just again not the right way. It's just a backhanded slap, and I and I, and I hate it. All right, let's get to our records real quick. All right, and then we're gonna have a new segment, and then we're gonna go on our ranting recap. Damien, I called you Captain Triple Lock for a reason. You did it again, bro. You had a fantastic record at twelve and three this week. Absolutely excellent. I mentioned you picked Miami. You were alone on that one. Um, there was a couple other ones in there that you had. I'm like, damn, he had a great week. Nikki, you triple lock. Congrats to you also. 10 and 4. That's an excellent record, too. And mine's a little mediocre at 9 and 5, and I only double lock. So I'm the pathetic guy again this week. That karma hit me twice in a row. <laughs> Called like right in a row. Yes, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, you fall into the I got so mad. I really was. I really was. The New Yorker came out in me that night. It really did. There was a lot of curse words at the TV. (laughs) All right. Hey, we're going to do this new segment over here. We got a, we're going to call it, you know, a little applause and a little WTF. You know, I love to say it, but you know, right now I'm not in that mood, so it might come out. So we're either going to fly out at you. We're going to throw tomatoes at you this week. You know, we're going to figure it out. So we each got um, either one or two. What do we do, guys? One or two? I forgot because I put down two just in case. Okay, I got one of each. Okay, I, I thought so. One of each. All right. So we're going to do one of each where we're going to basically, like I said, throw flowers at you, give you a round of applause, you know, standing ovation. And then the other three is going to be like, what in the hell was going on there? So, Nikki, I would love it if you kicked it off with a little flowers and applause. Okay, this probably going to be a little shocking, but I'm giving my round of applause of the week to one Mr. Joe Flacco. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. Listen, I have to, no, I don't have to because I could change the radio station, obviously, but I do listen to ESPN Sports Radio, New York, obviously. I have, Sam Darnold is a weekly on the Michael K show, and you guys, it is freaking painful, okay? It's <laughs> the worst thing you ever heard in your life. It's a terrible team, a terrible organization. But I want to give some love to Joe Flacco. I think he found his little bit of spark. He was throwing bomb after bomb. His receivers were showing up. Um, I think he played a hell of a game. Let's not forget, he's a pretty good quarterback in Baltimore. He does have a Super Bowl 
championship under his belt. I know he's not going to get any love. So Joe Flacco, if you're listening, round of applause to you for this week. No doubt. I'm I'm totally with that right there. He had, like you said, he was tossing the ball. They didn't, you know what? They went in that game. They're like, look, we're just going to throw the ball. We're going to go crazy and see what happens. And it almost got him a win. And as I was talking about last week, it looked like uh, Greg Williams may have tried to put a bounty out on uh, Cam Newton because he got hit real hard in the helmet. I mean, that guy launched himself. Damien, you know what play I'm talking about? Did you see that? Yeah, I know it's one you're talking about. Yeah, it looked really, really bad and really intentional. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I thought. Like, I, th- I saw intent on that. Like, I'm going to launch my face into yours, and I'm going to try to break your helmet. That You know, I'm not even trying to be funny, but that's what it looked like. Anyway, uh, yeah, bad moment right there. Definitely uh, p- penalized, and I think he should be fine for that. I don't know if he was or not. Damien, let's get your flower applause moment over here. Uh, my round of applause goes to a guy who I didn't know before last week, uh, Garrett Gilbert for the Dallas Cowboys. Oh. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, came out, you know, out of nowhere and, you know, probably was doing something regular just a few weeks ago. And he came out pretty, pretty well against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He made a big mistake towards the end of the game. Um, and But the honestly could have led Dallas to the victory if there were, there were a few calls. That went against them. We'll get into that there in a little bit. But he went 21 for 38, 243 yards, one touchdown, one interception in that game. So I wanted to give some flowers and a round of applause to Garrett Gilbert this week. I like that very much. Yeah, and that was a woo. You talk about a scare that game. I'm like, is Dallas actually going to beat Pittsburgh right now? Ben goes out of the game again. It's just every. It's like, oh man, here we go again. But he comes back and. Brought him back in the fourth quarter. Amazing. But, yeah, the, uh, that Gilbert uh, Gilbert Grape over there, I, I didn't know who the hell he was, and I can't believe he almost beat the Steelers. So, well done. I like that one. My applause. I'm standing up. When I saw this play, I'm like the heart was pumping out of the man's chest, and that's Teddy Bridgewater on a third and like 15 or 16 against the Chiefs in a close game in the fourth quarter. He ran, and I hope you guys saw this play, because he jumped in the air so high like Superman in the middle of the field and got them that first down, risking his life. It, no joke. He jumped into a pile of Chiefs. So, did you guys see that play, what he did? Yeah, I saw it. He jumped over Tyron Matthews. Yes. You know it's coming with some mean intentions. So he definitely showed some bravery on that play. That was a, another, that was a really good week with some great games. That was another really good one. It was. It was. The, the, yes, there was a lot of great games. And we're going to start breaking them down here in a few minutes. Nikki, did you happen to see that play? I did not. But I take you guys' word for it. It sounded oh, amazing. Yeah, it, it it was the play of the week easily, you know, maybe even more than that. So yeah, All my right, round of Yeah. Oh, it was it, it was great. It just it shows you the heart of this guy, Teddy Bridgewater, man. I am such a big fan of his. I really am. So my round of applause and my flowers go to him. Now we each got one WTF moment, little tomato moment, throw tomatoes at you instead of flowers on this one. All right, Nikki, give me one.
heartbreaking fashion friggin' imaginable. Honestly, <laughs> this team is just a series of unfortunate events personified. So I'm sorry you're getting all my tomatoes because I just <laughs> I don't know how it's possible. WTF. Yeah, we're definitely going to go over that game again. It, it's like week after week. It, it's the same movie over and over again. Chargers are in it in the fourth quarter, and somehow they lose by one or three or whatever it is. So, yeah, that's a team that whose record could be easily flopped the other way if they can close out a game also. So, mm, questions over there. Damien, where are your uh, Rotten Tomatoes going, your your WTF TF moment of the week? So, my was going to go to the Chargers as well. Um, I'm doing another uh-huh. one. I'm a, but just to touch on that, why does this guy celebrate after he knew he dropped the ball? I know. <laughs> <laughs> why is he running around celebrating, making all the teammates all happy? Coach all happy, as if they won the game. Right. Knowing you dropped the ball. You yeah. know you dropped that ball, man. I mean, there's 50 cameras that that are watching it. Obviously, they're going to figure it out. I don't know what yet. Good call on that one, man. <laughs> yeah, that's just my nerves, my son. Um, but my WT. Goes to Pittsburgh. I'm gonna stay in that same game. So you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're undefeated. You go into Dallas. You're playing against a guy who you say could have literally been driving for Uber last week. <laughs> and you go in and without some like there are some bad calls that went against Dallas that honestly kind of changed the game. Without those calls, Pittsburgh loses to the Dallas Cowboys, who haven't been able to score without Dak Prescott. Like literally scored their first touchdown in this game and like three or four weeks. How? Pittsburgh, you have to be better than that. And now we have our doubts about you going forward. Are you truly this good? Or do you just benefit from a schedule that's just set up perfectly for you? So my WTF or my tomatoes are getting thrown at the Pittsburgh Steelers for that. You know what, man? I'm going to piggyback right off of you because I had the Steelers written down and it was for a few a few of the reasons that you said, but one specific reason. Like, you, like this team is ready to win the game at the end all right. They go for it on fourth and one or fourth and two, whatever it is, when they're already up again by by a touchdown. And there's 43 seconds left in the game. They could have kicked the field goal to go up by eight. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, they were up. They were up five at that point. I apologize. They were up five points. 43 seconds left on fourth down. They went for it. They missed it. If they kick a field goal, and we had this argument a couple of weeks ago with the Vikings game, with 43 seconds left, you would expect the Steelers to be able to hold them to, to not to not allow Dallas to go downfield, excuse me, and score a touchdown and a two-point conversion. So I think Mike Tomlin made the – as he's my favorite coach in the league, and I thought that was a bad call on his part, knowing that his defense should and would hold them on the last you know drive of the game and have to get that two-point conversion as well. So I'm right with you there. Uh, I, I think that Tomlin, maybe he went into the game a little bit lightly and didn't think that there was a shot that this Gilbert guy was going to do anything and, uh, you know, it looked where it got him into a really close one and would have been the total bummer of the week and dropped the Steelers down a lot. So great points right there. I had a few others just in case, but I wanted to piggyback off that one. All right, so that's our new yeah, segment, uh, guys. Yeah. I definitely agree with that one as well. And the reason I agree with you on this one is that you have the Steelers defense. Yes, so yes. You kick the field goal, you go up eight. Now you have to have this guy who hasn't played in forever go down the field against this Steelers defense and you're not only the touchdown for two-point conversion. So I definitely thought they should have kicked the field goal. Uh, yeah, uh, th- thank you, because I was about to ask you and Nikki, 
what you thought about that because I know you guys were on the other side last week, and you're right. It is a different different situation, different defense. So that's why I'm even more emphasizing this one uh, big time. The, the, the Cowboys should not be able to go down and score in 43 seconds a touchdown and a two-point conversion against the Steelers' defense, Nikki. So that's why I believe they should have kicked that field goal and gone up by eight. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think in that situation, yeah, you absolutely kicked the field goal. Listen, I don't think, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess we'll get into it when we rant. But, like, I'm a little bit concerned about the Steelers. And we brought it up last week with Ben and his throwing arm. He, he didn't look great. And this is the second week in a row. I do not think that they brought their A game at all whatsoever no they didn't they didn't and uh you know a lot of that is coaching i believe in this game even though you know again tomlin is great and he's the enforcer over there and they love him but um yeah i think they went into this game a little lackadaisical and then yeah look if big ben gets hurt then they're not the steelers anymore we're seeing it right now they're still under freaking feeded and they're doing an amazing job and it's because ben is there he's not the exact sole reason why guys but because he's there and he can control the offense obviously that's the reason why they're winning games and not losing close games by three four five whatever it was all right we're running out of time over here we're going to get to our first break we're going to be back in 60 seconds with our ranting recap we got a whole lot more for you on the third and three podcast getting you ready for every single game on the nfl schedule thursday to monday we'll be back in 60 seconds enjoy this quick commercial break It's me amped up. Seriously. Oh, I love this stuff right there. Oh, ACDC Thunderstruck on the third and three podcast, bringing it back a little old school right there. And by the way, here's our theme is what we got going on now. We're going to go from we're doing the alphabet. We're going to go A all the way to freaking Z. We're doing A this week artists. That's why we got Aaliyah. We got ACDC. We got another one coming up for you. So hang in there right now. We are ready to get back into a week. Nine ranting recap. We're going to go over every game. Some will be long, some will be short, and some will not be fun. But I know one is going to be amazing for one of our guys over here. Oh, boy, oh, boy, what a Sunday night game. And we're going to get to that in a bit. But the first one, my friends, the Titans and the Bears. What I got out of this, guys, is that, I mean, I never had faith in Chicago. And I'm starting to really lose faith in the Titans right now. You know, I mean, they just have not looked good after their nice start. Now, of course, they're still in there. I think they have a 5-2, and 6-2 and two record. Um, I should pull up their records, actually. But I'm just a little – I'm a little surprised that the Titans aren't doing better, you know, especially against a Bears team. Um, you know, for a game to be only a touchdown, Damien, I, you know, I don't know. I'm not feeling so good about Tennessee right now. Um, I wouldn't be too worried about Tennessee because Chicago does have that good defense. Um, the reason, only reason they're over 500 is that defense because that defense is going to keep them in games. Derrick Henry was held to under 70 yards rushing in this one. That's well, not he's, most days. 
especially on 21 carries. That's not going to happen to Tennessee. And that definitely changes the dynamic of their offense when Derrick Henry isn't able to get going. So for me, I wouldn't worry too much about Tennessee after this one. And the Bears, like you said, we all had our reservations about the Bears before we crowned them. When they were 5-1, and one, we're like, okay, is this for real? Do we have to respect the team and not showing why we all were like, eh, we're not really, <laughs> right. really trusting you right now with this 5-1 record. It was really fraudulent, and now we're seeing that. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. We all know that. A lot of Nick Foles talk going on. Brett Favre said that he should have stayed in Philadelphia or whatever. That's a whole nother story. But, uh, Nikki, in this one, again, I just think that the te- the Titans are really going to rely on Derrick Henry too much. And if Ryan Tannehill is only throwing the ball to A.J. Brown, then they're going to start doubling him up even more. And he doesn't have that many other guys to throw to. I like Jonu Smith at tight end. But I think they're too reliant on Henry, and that's going to wear him down. I know he gets stronger as the game goes, but maybe as the season goes, I don't know. This is maybe one of those things where you want to um, – you know, load manage a guy or something like that, Nikki. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, especially if you're going to run into, I guess it's a concern, right? Too heavy on Derrick Henry. What do you do when you run into a good defense? I mean, they don't have a ton of options. Offensively, they got a little more talent than Chicago. But, yeah, guys, come on. Uh, Chicago's a pretender. They're all defense. They have no offense. I've said it before. I agree with Brett Favre, but I feel like Nick Foles, he just works in Philly. He's not giving me anything here. I mean, this game was so underwhelming to me. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, he, and that's a funny thing that you said that because he's only worked in Philly, not just in the Super Bowl, but he was there a, a few years prior and had 27 touchdowns and two interceptions. It's like, what the hell? But he can only do it in Philly, Damien. It's so sad. But real quick, Damien, do you think they rely on Henry too much and that might come back to bite him? Maybe, but I don't think Henry is your normal running back that's going to wear down. This guy is, what, 6'3", 250. He's, he's not human. He's in that DK Metcalf class. I don't think those guys are regular human beings. And uh, Derrick Henry, I think, will be able to carry the load. Now, a few seasons from now, I think that's when you might see the wear and tear. Mm. But this year, they'll be able to continue to have him carry the load in games like this, like I said, where he has to keep running into the defense line over and over again because there's no holes. Aren't going to happen too often because Tennessee does have a good offensive line. He's able to find the holes pretty often against most teams. Yeah, no doubt. And, hey, look, speaking of uh, amazing dominant running backs, Dalvin Cook for the Vikings, he is just killing it. He leads the league in rushing touchdowns. They beat the Lions 34-20 to very convincingly. And when the Vikings play good defense, uh, Nikki. They can win football games. They can. I mean, I know we didn't trust them at first, but if they keep this up, I think, uh, no, I think they'll be heading in the right direction. But I was so annoyed. Like, it, it's tough for me because I think I did I take Dalvin Cook this week in our fantasy draft. I don't remember. Um, you did. You took Cook. I yeah. Did. Of course, he's like, I hear the pop of, oh, he's out. This and that. I was just so frustrated yeah. and torn watching um, this game. But I really do think Minnesota is starting to 
Yeah, what do you think? Do you think that Minnesota's you know can start doing? I know you know I don't want to tease too much for um you know a Mount Player Player session, but you think the Vikings could get it together a bit here? Yeah, I definitely have a chance to get it together. They have talent like there. All three of us, I believe, they're going to go to the playoffs this year. Yep. Um, because they have that talent like there, and Dalvin Cook, he's definitely making a statement as. Menu the best running back in the league. I know Christian McCaffrey came back this weekend. He was very good. We'll get into him in a little bit here. But Dalvin Cook, what he's been doing these last few weeks and how dependent that offense is on him shows you how good he truly is because we know what's coming. We know Dalvin Cook is coming at least 20 times. going to catch at least four or five passes. And can you stop it? Yep. You know what's coming. Yep. Can you stop it? And the last few weeks, like, nah, you can't. Dalvin Cook definitely should be in that conversation with Christian McCaffrey, you know, healthy Saquon, uh, Zeke, whoever else is that, that's Camara, all those guys. Dalvin Cook is definitely in that group and should be towards the top of that group when really when you really think about it. Uh, too. Hey, look, man, I'm with you. You know, Minnesota, they got all the tools right there. So if they can put it together, uh, look, and, and that, that's also, again, why they work so well with play-action passes going deep to, like, Justin Jefferson and Thielen because you got to respect Cook. And that's, you know, they get singled up and those things happen. So, you know, that's where Kirk Cousins can put up fantasy points for you. Moving on to our next game, the Kansas City Chiefs, 33-31 to 31 over the Panthers. Damn, man, that was close. And I was definitely rooting for the Panthers, even as, especially after I said about that Teddy Bridgewater play. I was just, oh, my God, oh, let's go, Carolina. But um, the Chiefs may play these close games, guys, but... That doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It means they know how to win. So I don't care if they win by one or two, Damian. The fact is that they keep winning. And if it's 15 points, 30 points, or one point, they know how to win football games and close them out, unlike some other teams we've mentioned. Yeah, no, definitely know how to win. And I wouldn't be scared off by the close score because Carolina pulled out everything in this game. Fake punts. Like, yeah. No doubt. That's a great way to put it. And Carolina is one of those teams that they do fight till the end. And they had CMC back, a great game. But unfortunately, he may be sidelined for a little while. He's got hurt in the end of that game, a shoulder injury. So that really sucks, Nicky, losing him. But again, the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, he was my fantasy quarterback for this week. And now in our uh, little freaky fantasy football draft that we're going to talk about later. And he did his thing and Tyree killed it, his thing. And there you go. Again, they're just very tough to beat because they can score on any drive at any moment. Yeah, 
That's why they're the champs, right? Yeah. I mean, they, they play like champions, and they have to know that I think just about every team is going to literally, like you said, they're just going to throw everything at you. You get the whole kitchen sink. We're giving you everything. And I, they know that. And uh, it was the close game. It was entertaining. But Damien, I just want to know one thing. Is Teddy Bridgewater getting a quantum leap this week? <laughs> Yeah, man. I'm a huge Teddy fan over here. No doubt about it. Next game, uh, not a whole lot to say as the Texans uh, beat the Jaguars 27-25. Really big deal over there. Um, Again, I I can't believe how much of an effect DeAndre Hopkins' absence is to this team. I mean, that's really all they took away. And look at what's happening. They go from division champion to bottom of the barrel. Uh, uh, Unbelievable. But my other thing about this game is it's it's really a question. Who the hell is Jake Luton? Hell is. <laughs> oh man, yeah, another one of those guys who we didn't know before last week. He actually played pretty well. He um, did he played pretty well in this game. Showed that he might. He's probably gonna be one of those guys gonna be a backup for like thirteen years. Right. Um, <laughs> game. Uh, <laughs> uh, but outside of that, man, congrats to JJ Watt on becoming the fourth fastest player to hundred sacks. Oh, Major man. deal right there, future Hall of Famer. Uh, and other than that, you know, two bad teams playing, playing it out. So I don't have too much to say about it. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Exactly. Yeah, my my response is over to that game. Nikki, get your jab in there. Well, uh, I didn't even watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who, who did, right? You know, a little bit on Red Zone or whatever, but I, I'm just so not interested. Uh, listen, I, I like to watch the Sean Watson play, but I just had no interest in whatsoever. Uh, I totally understand that. Believe me, I'm with you. There was a lot of other games I wanted to watch too. And (laughs) I know one that your household was paying attention to was the Ravens and the Colts. And look, Baltimore went into Indy. Uh, You know, I I think we all picked Baltimore. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, this was finally, it wasn't a strong statement, Damien, but it was a statement game going into somebody else's you know, home field, the first place team, uh team with a great defense. The Ravens didn't light it up. Neither did Lamar Jackson, but they got it done. And people are still very worried about this team. And so am I a little bit, because uh, even Lamar Jackson had said, Damien, that the defenses are calling out their plays. They know what's coming. He said that publicly. Number one, I hate that he said that. Uh, you got to keep that stuff in house. But if that's the truth, then they, they got problems, man. It was.
Yeah, yep. <laughs> that was going to be what another one of my tomatoes if I didn't go with the Pittsburgh one. That was. <laughs> Andrews is something that I was going to say before I kick it to Nikki. They've been double teaming him every defense because they know that Lamar Jackson's not going to throw it to anybody else but Hollywood Brown, most likely, or he's going to run. So that's where you say teams are figuring stuff out. They got to get more dynamic, Nikki. And I'm wondering, you know, let's get your well, your husband's point of view in here. What is he saying about his team? I asked him if he would come on one time and just do like 10 minutes on Baltimore. Oh, it'd be great. I know. <laughs> right when when the going's good. <laughs> um, I think Ravens Nation is a little concerned. I watched this with the Giants. You just get so predictable that it stalls your offense. It stalls your whole damn game. You can't do anything. Um, so I am a little concerned there. But you know, it is the Ravens. They're a good team. They do find ways to win. But I, I'm going to flip it to the Colts for a minute because. I still maintain that Philip Rivers not making it to the big game and winning a Super Bowl is a Philip Rivers problem. And if you disagree with me, and I still say he does not belong in the Hall of Fame, look at his play on Sunday. Again, he's on a team. They have the second best offensive line in the league. They have a good defense. He's got talent, and he still can't get it done. He's a mediocre quarterback. So, Philip Rivers, your lack of success is a you problem, not a lack of Okay, that's a really strong statement. Damien, do you think that maybe has something to do with the wide receivers? I can't, yeah, I can't say it's wide receivers because we've seen Rivers play bad. Uh, now, Rivers, I, was, I can't say he's a mediocre quarterback. We have seen him play well in the past. Like, now, right now, he is. But as far as his career, I wouldn't say mediocre. But uh, right now, he's definitely not, you know, the top-notch guy that they pay top-notch money for. Right? Mm. They paid $25 million for him. That's fair. You know what, man? Seriously, you said it. Jacoby Brissett, every time he comes in, he seems to do a good job. And I, I think that he would do more for this team than Phillip Rivers would now. I, I, I can admit that. I really can. So that's a good point. 
but one of the most exciting games of the week was the Bills versus Seahawks. Um, I, I think the Bills made a statement here also. They won 44 to 34 and kind of easy, even wasn't that close. It, you know, Seattle, you know, just ran out of fuel. They always do well on the East Coast, but this was one game that it didn't happen. Your quantum leap with uh, with Josh with Josh Allen, and you know, I've been with you on that all the way, man. He came back. I said this was going to be a get right game for him. It was, and Seattle's defense is so bad that if this continues, I mean, I don't know how much more Russell Wilson could put up with it because now we're starting to see the interceptions come because he's having to fight his way back against other good offenses. So, Nikki, I want to kick it to you real quick because he's our MVP, and I'm afraid he's going to be losing a lot of votes because he's throwing these interceptions later in games where he's almost desperate at points because what else can he do? The defense can't help. Yeah, well, no, and we, I think we all talked about this last week. Like, unfortunately, that offense has to be on point. I mean, and they, they are, for the most part, and they can hang and go toe-to-toe, but they have to overcompensate for that defense. Like, Russ is cooking, but it seems like this defense is, like, held that I'm burning the kitchen again. Like, I don't know <laughs> what they are doing, but, um, listen, that was a monumental victory for Buffalo, and really, I think the person that needs to take it from here is Damien. Go ahead, Damien. Just give it to us. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Josh Allen definitely earned his quantum leap. <laughs> he definitely earned that back this week. Uh, 415 yards, 31 of 38, three touchdowns. And I'd have to give credit to Jason as well. He mentioned how important John Brown is to the offense. He's back. You see um, Josh out. I look back to his old stuff. He was the first four weeks. Um, Stephon Diggs leading the league and receiving yards right now. So Buffalo's offense looks really good. Their defense is worrisome a little bit. Yeah. They were able to turn you know, Russell Wilson over. The defense, especially the run defense, is the one that you're worried about with Buffalo, which you didn't think going into the year. Going into the year, you're like, if Josh Allen takes this leap, they're automatically going to be a Super Bowl contender. We have the leap, but now we have the defense taking a step back. And it's like, oh, can't just get these two things to come together at the same time. And for Seattle, like you mentioned, that defense is so bad, it's going to force Russell Wilson to have to do things. And the room for error is not there. Right, other mm-hmm. quarterbacks can throw two interceptions, they'll get an interception and be okay because the defense doesn't just get stumped on. Seattle, they're just a walking mat. They get stumped on, people just go into the end zone over them. And that has to change for them to be a true Super Bowl contender. Right. Yeah, they're they're not going to win the Super Bowl playing this way on defense. There's not a chance. They might be out in the first round uh, when it's all said and done, if that is the case. And I appreciate the shot out there with John Brown. I know we got a little banged up in that game, but um, yeah, having another deep threat is very helpful. And Stefan Diggs was just absolutely a perfect match made in heaven, as you mentioned over here. The Falcons and the Broncos played a game, 34-27. Raheem Morris goes to 3-1. and one. I hate the Falcons, just the team. You know, Denver should have run. My problem, Denver should have run more. Lindsey, Philip Lindsey and, and uh, Melvin Gordon, guys, combined for only 14 carries. And Drew Locke led the team with 47 rushing yards. That doesn't seem right. That seems a game plan gone wrong. I know they're having problems in the beginning of the game, so maybe they had to switch it up. But when you got those two guys in the backfield, or especially Gordon, I mean, let's – Let's go, you know, let's run the ball against this defense and let's mix up the play action. But uh, they made it a game definitely at the end. They came within a touchdown, Damian. And 
Uh, but again, the Broncos lose a heartbreaker, and the Falcons able to pull one out again. Yes, now the Broncos able to pull one out. And if the eight playoff team format does come to fruition, which we don't, we hope it does not. But if it does, Atlanta could be in position if they continue to play like this for that eighth playoff spot. Um, but yeah, they definitely showed us they have talent there. Denver, I agree with you. They definitely should have ran the ball more. That should be their foundation. They have two great running backs there, two very good running backs that they should be, you know, running behind. Then you have play action. You have Drew Lock with a big arm. You have talent in Jerry Judy who looked very good in this game. Yes. 25 yards. Um, also, KJ Hamley is a very good receiver as well. They have weapons there. So if they have the running game to take some pressure off the defense, take some pressure off Drew Lock, this team could be good going forward. Mm, I like that a lot. Very well done. Nice breakdown right there. Nikki, your thoughts on this game and maybe Denver's, uh, again, game plan, not running the ball much and, you know, playing from behind. So I understand that. But uh, Falcons putting up 34 points on a good defense. Yeah, they did. I mean, it kind of, like, Julio Jones has had his way, but Denver didn't have Bryce Callahan who would have been covering him, so I do understand that. But I, I, I beg you, I beg you to find more infuriating team than the Falcons because I didn't take them last week. I'm like, no, like, no, nah, Denver's rolling. I don't trust Atlanta. But now it's like, are they getting it together? Like, I, I don't know what to do with this team. I can't stand them. Yeah. I cannot stand them anymore. <laughs> I know, I know. It's a tough one. It's impossible. It really is. And so are the Chargers, who lost this week again. They just keep losing close games. Nikki, you alluded to it in the tomato section. 31-26, to the Las Vegas Raiders win. And the Chargers have a better chance of closing down the wars in the Middle East than they do closing out a football game. It's really pathetic at this point. It's just... I, I, I don't know what else to say, but um, loving the, what Derek Carr is doing, you know, leading that team. But again, I don't know what it is that they the Chargers lose every game within a touchdown, Damian. What the hell is happening? Why can't they just pull one out? Yeah, and I didn't like that play caught in either. So we're going to go to our third string tight end on a corner fade in the end zone to win the game. Mm. That's mm. what we're doing. Yeah, but yeah, that's a, yeah, it's a good call, bro. <laughs> yeah, like, come on, man. You got to do something better than that. And also, again, stop, don't celebrate after you knew you dropped the ball. Um, right. <laughs> but for Vegas, man, they, they look good. They're like a playoff quality team. I thought their win early this year over Kansas City was a turning point for them as far as having that confidence to know that, okay, we're a quality team in this league, and they're showing that. And this was, you know, the Chargers have talent there. Right, and they showed that they can play with everybody. They just can't win these games. So for Vegas, it wasn't going to be an easy game, and they pulled it out. And these crazy yeah. afternoon games that we had on Sunday, this was another one of those, but Vegas pulled it out. Hey, Nikki, you know how you feel about the Chargers, so why don't you talk about the Raiders a little bit in this one and what they're doing this season and really taking me by surprise, to be honest with you, with their record. I think they're 5-3 and three right now. I'm going to get the records up at this moment. But what about the Raiders, Nick? Yeah, no, they're uh, they're bringing it, and I'm glad to see it. I'm happy for them, and I will say this. The Raiders are really, really good at capitalizing on their opponents' miscues, right? So they, you have teams like the Giants who just can't seem to do it, right? <laughs> we'll get an interception and then go three and out. Like, that happens to a lot of teams. But the Raiders, they really do know how to capitalize, and you yeah, have the Chargers, like, 
Uh, I can't. I thought the Giants and Falcons were infuriating, but you know what? Maybe I just found the more uh, like infuriating team. Chargers just like hold my beer. Watch this: two drop TDs, <laughs> in the final six seconds, muff punts. Like uh, what? Like he said, what are we doing? What are we doing here? So, but uh, yeah, Raiders keep their playoff hopes alive. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, they sure did. They're in there. They're definitely in there. As we keep this thing rocking and rolling. Um, we're going to go to the stand. We took, look, we talked about the Steelers Cowboys game uh, a little bit at length already, but you know, again, big Ben in dramatic fashion comes back. They win the game and they escape one Damien, you know, away from the Cowboys. So they got very lucky. You know, we've gone over it in detail, but if you had anything else to add, please do it by all means. Yeah, the only thing that for me about Pittsburgh that really worried me about this game is that they only got 22 rushing yards out of James Conner. And that's mm. against the Dallas defense. Like, the Dallas defense hasn't been good at anything this year. You're right. <laughs> like, stopping the run, stopping the pass, anything. So the fact that they were struggling, running the ball, uh, and that they needed some help. Like, they needed some help from referees in this one to truly get uh, get the victory. And maybe, like I said, maybe they just overlooked Dallas. It's one of those games where maybe it's a foreshadowing game that they'll have trouble going forward. And, you know, they do play a fight season 19 this week, so we'll see going forward. Yeah, yeah, we're going to see going forward exactly what their plan is, you know, behind the scenes, and we'll try to figure it all out, Nikki. But, um, yeah, again, Big Ben coming back, the Cowboys. That, look, at least they showed up and they put up a fight. You know, what else can you say? They showed up and they played, uh, regardless of Ben being out for a little bit. Uh, again, they're not going anywhere. They're not winning this division. Of course you are. Now the NFC East is pro. Oh, yeah, it's really getting muddled there. It now, sure like is. Said before, I, this is. I don't think the Steelers brought their A game against the Ravens. I didn't see it last week against the Cowboys. But I think that was the classic. We're just going to look past the Cowboys. Like, eye on the prize. And you cannot, you absolutely cannot discount look past a desperate team, okay? Yeah, so, I agree. Lesson learned, it's a trap game, that's a classic trap game, you know, Pittsburgh pulled it out at the end, they are the better team, but that, that was probably a little too close for comfort. Oh, yeah, definitely. And hopefully maybe they learned something from this one, Damien, you know, while uh, like, all right, let's not take anybody lightly over here or, you know, we really got to get our stuff together. And, you know, make sure guys are healthy, you know, uh, without, you know, Bush being around for the rest of the year makes it a little bit more tough. But um, I don't know how, big, how he was such a big part of the offense. I wonder if that takes away a little bit or a lot of it, you know, yeah. so the, yeah, no, definitely. And it's, like I said, it should be a wake up call for the rest of the year for them. Yeah, yeah we'll see. So, again, escaping one, but definitely, uh, you know, happy about it. And, you know, they go on and they go forward and we'll keep talking about the Steelers and the Cowboys and everything. Let's keep this going as our ranting recap continues from week nine. The Dolphins and the Cardinals, we talked about that game as well. 34-31, a lot of points. Best game of the weekend, probably. Damien might differ on that one, and I understand. But that was a great game. And, and again, I said two is clearly the guy. But one other thing, I freaking love Brian Flores, man. You know, again, we've been talking about minority coaches. This dude is a coach of the year candidate, Mickey. So, you know, I don't want to hear any more of that crap. Hire the best guy for the job. He was the best guy for this job. He knows how to win, and I totally applaud him. Yeah, and you guys, did you see uh, two of the final stat lines? I thought it was pretty good. He was 20 for 28, 248 yards, 
two TDs, seven scrambles for 35 rushing yards. I yeah. think that that's pretty good. And like you said, um, if I'm a Dolphins fan, I'm, I'm optimistic and I'm, I'm happy for uh, what I'm seeing. And I got a little bit of a bone to pick. I mean, mainstream sports media wanted to jump all over this. Can we relax a little bit? These are also the same people saying, like, uh, Tom Brady's done now. But anyway, I thought Tua did a good job. Nice stat line. Good game. I like to see the Dolphins on the up. Yeah, they can win this division, guys. You know, we're going to be talking about that between them and the Bills. It, it's possible. The Dolphins have a very good defense. They didn't really show it in this game, but they were in Kyla Murray's house. And, you know, you got D-Hop and Christian Kirk and whoever's doing it out there. And God bless Larry, Larry Fitzgerald. He's going to play for another 50 years. I love that, man. Oh, God. The Monday Night Football, before we get to our games, uh, talked about it a little bit again. Unexpected great game, as we talked about. Nikki, you were throwing flowers and applauding uh, Joe Flacco, and well-deserved. He had three touchdowns, two to Brashard Perryman, I believe. And I had actually had them in fantasy uh, on this, like, one thing, uh, one single-game fantasy in FanDuel. And I, I, I don't want to talk about it too much, guys, but I was 10 points away from winning $1,600. Like, you don't really understand. Like, 10 points is basically a 30-yard touchdown pass. Something like that, or like a really nice long run. I, I was right there, so I hate bringing up money on this, but that pissed me off. But I still walked away with a couple of dollars. <laughs> but the bottom line is, is that uh, the Jets were robbing them. They were up twenty to ten, Damian and Bill Belichick. What does he do better than anything? Make second half adjustments, and that's what he did. They came out. The defense was clearly better. The offense was clearly better, and that's why ultimately they won the game. Yeah. Uh, definitely was about the adjustments and the coaching. Watching this game, it looked like the Jets actually had more talent on the field than the Patriots. Did? Yeah. <laughs> Which they kind of did. <laughs> alarming if you're a Patriots fan. <laughs> when you look at that, yeah, when you look at that and see, like, this Jets team looks like they have more talent than us when they have, you know, Frank Gore, who, you know, is – Literally, you know, the, maybe the oldest man in the league <laughs> outside of Tom Brady and Drew Brees. So you you think about that, and, you know, he's out here getting 46 yards. You got Joe Flacco. That's looked this good since, like, 2014, back when it was a running joke. If, you know, this Joe Flacco elite was the running joke or the running question. And, you know, he proved not to be. And this game, he got back to that, oh, it's Joe Flacco elite type of status and just this game alone. So, yeah, for the Patriots, they pulled it out, but it's definitely not a win that will give you confidence going forward. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. And, you know, Frank Gore, again, he started with the 49ers. I love him. I always will. He's the third leading rusher of all time. And I guarantee you he will be a Patriot next year because he's already played with the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Bills. So he's going to play with the Patriots. <laughs> and then he'll retire after that and uh, and hang it up. And uh, a great career he's had so far. And he's still out there. You know, he, he still makes some positive gains. So good for him. All right. We're going to get into our games now. And you know our teams. Mine, the 49ers, decimated by injury. The New York Giants have been decimated by close games this year. And the New Orleans Saints were a little decimated by receiver, but not anymore. I can't wait to go over all three. Guys, I'm going to start with mine because mine sucks the most. The Packers won 34-17 against Nick Mullins and the 49ers. It was just a sleep job. It was horrible. 
terrible again. And again, there's nothing else to say. It's, you know, I'm just on repeat over here, you know, over and over again. Just keep repeating. Injuries, bottom line, what can you do? You know, you only have one or two healthy running backs at the most. We're on a second-string quarterback, again, who could be third-string or off the team completely. This year is a wash. <laughs> the year is a total wash, and I'm okay with that because it's not anything the 49ers organization did. It's just the injuries. And the Packers, they needed to win this game because the Niners have been embarrassing them for the past two and three years, and Aaron Rodgers needed to do what he did, and he went out and did what he did, and so did Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones and all that. And the Packers are for real, there's no doubt, even though, again, it was against the 49ers, but they haven't beaten him in a while. So they got to feel pretty good about that one, Damien. Yes, yeah, that was a good one for Green Bay. But like you said, 49ers is decimated by injuries. Um, Green Bay definitely should have won this game. And it was one to get the monkey off your back, if you will. Uh, you see a San Francisco team last year just dumped you twice. And you're like, okay, we got to get this monkey off our back, even though we're playing against their JV team pretty much. Yeah. And they did it. So, it's you know, it's a good win, but it's not one to write home about. No, it, it definitely isn't. But uh, I will say, Nikki, they did look impressive, obviously, on offense and, you know, defense. Yeah, I would say it was more the 49ers offense that was the problem, obviously. But um, what do you make the Packers overall? You, you liking what you're seeing? Yeah. And listen, for the 49ers, Jimmy G out, Kittle out. Top three wide receivers out yeah. and down, five defensive starters. Talk about running a skeleton crew. Got no I mean, chance. You have to pull the Uber drivers from, uh, you know, before Jimmy Schultz gets them all. <laughs> <Yeah, like, laughs> I mean, you can't. Listen, hold out hope. We'll get to it in Mount Player Player, but hold out hope. All right. Yep. Well, I'm, I am. I am. I'm certainly holding out hope, but uh, I don't expect them to be in the postseason this year, even if it is expanded to eight teams. But you never know. Anything's possible. But Kittle out for the season. I can go on and on. Let's go to a game where the Giants swept the Washington football team. You very rarely see sweeps in this division, but the Giants did it. Uh, they were both close games. So, Nikki, congrats on that. And I, I just got to say, the Giants, they, I don't want to use the word impressive, but I feel like they are getting better. You know, I know this is something that you do and don't want to hear at the same time, but. Nikki, it, they could win this freaking division, Nikki. Do you understand that? Do you understand that the Giants can win this division? They're, what, a game a game and a half back with that tie or whatever it is? Philly is nothing. Dallas is nothing. Washington is nothing. And if Daniel Jones can just keep those turnovers down a little bit, the freaking Giants defense has been playing excellent. Mostly as of late, I know it was a close game last week, Nikki. But I got to hear your thoughts. I, do you have optimism about your team right now, despite your record? I do. I, I do. We'll get into it. I broke the rules for Mount Play Play. I know we said no NFC East talk, but uh, I hate rules. So I hate rules. She's like, I hate rules. Screw these. This is the first time I think I sat, watched the game. Now, I was nervous because I don't trust them. But where I looked at all three phases and went, okay, yeah. Where I thought Daniel Jones would turn the ball over, he didn't. So that when they talk about we need to see improvement, it's little things like that. Is it going to change overnight? No, but week to week you see a little bit of improvement. Um, 
I was happy with what I saw. I did start getting nervous, though. I mean, we're in that, like, final two minutes. And I'm like, oh, my God. This yeah. is heartbreak written all over it. You've got to freaking be careful. I was mad before it even happened, you know? Just, like, expecting the worst at that point. But they prevailed. And, yes, defense really has been playing well all year. So, you know, shout out to them. I think the team overall looks better. They can keep rolling. I think they might have some. I think there might be a little bit of magic there. We'll see. But overall, good week. Happy to get the win. And uh, maybe I should pick my boys in blue a little more often. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying. I'm saying. And we're gonna get to our. We're gonna get to our picks later. There's no doubt about it. We're gonna keep rolling with the games over here. We're gonna get to our last game now, which was. Best game. <laughs> a, a, yeah. Well, maybe not the best game, but certainly the biggest romping, the best game for uh, for our guy over here, Damien. Yeah. Yeah, we got to kick this off to you. But let me just throw in real quickly, and this is not nothing, you know, I'm not trying to take anything away from the Saints, not one second. They, they were freaking beautiful. It was a fantastic thing what they did, but they did put me to sleep in the third quarter because I'm like, the Bucks are not going back. So what I saw out of Tampa really overall is horrible coaching, Terrible play calls. They ran the ball five times the whole game. That is an NFL record of shit. They ran the ball five times the entire game. You got Leonard Fournette, you got Ronald Jones. Run the football. I don't know why they didn't. I know they were down early, but you got to get your team moving. And things were not working, and they were throwing the ball downfield too much. Um, I think he was trying to push it to Antonio Brown a little bit. But Thomas Sanders back with New Orleans, dead back on track. And they seriously, you know, and I'm going to say this for the first time this year, Damian, they look like maybe the best team in the NFC. Yeah, yeah. Um, who that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was definitely a joy to watch as I was watching it by my friend's house who was just talking so much trash about how that day was going to beat us. And sometimes we have to pay attention to what we see and take it as we see it. So last week, we saw Tampa Bay on Monday night struggle with the Giants. If Daniel Jones hits a couple throws or doesn't throw those bad interceptions, they lose to the Giants. And we just kind of chucked it to the side like, okay, they had a bad game against the Giants. Maybe they overlooked them. They were sleepwalking. It's Monday night. It's just a weird game. No, sometimes we have to look at that game and be like, okay, there's something wrong here. And all of the things that we saw against the Giants came out against the Saints. But, of course, the Saints are a much better team so that you get this result. And you were right. The fact that the Saints were able to play the way they were able to play with our secondary, who hasn't been good this year. So we knew where we were coming. Like, we knew the, what they were going to do. We rushed four. We were able to get pressure on Tom Brady. It's the old cliche that you rush four because, you know, the Giants, Played that blueprint a long time ago. You rush four, you get pressure. You're able to beat him because he's not able to move and you don't give him time to read the defense. The fact that he only ran the ball five times, which includes a nail down. So it really was four times. Huh, that's right. Wow. Good. I didn't even think about that. Good call. You're right. Oh, my yeah, gosh. This, this is crazy. That's absolutely nuts. Leonard Burnett is somebody who is a former number four overall pick in the draft for a reason. Yeah, man. Yeah, workload-type dude. We've seen Ronald Jones this year have incredible games. So you have to run the ball. I understand they got down pretty fast, and they got out of hand really quickly. But you have to be able to run the ball. Maybe it doesn't happen that way. And you mentioned 
the coach, um, Bruce Arians, kind of throwing Tom Brady under the bus. Now, Tom Brady, of course, did play bad, right? Three interceptions. Um, a couple of those interceptions, you're like, what, you know, what happened? Yeah. Don't even throw that ball there. And you have to look at Tom Brady. But as a coach, you can say, okay, you know, we're not going to point fingers. Everybody made mistakes in this game. But it seems like he has a thing where he wants to make sure that people know it's his team and not Tom's team. You are so right. You are absolutely – he is definitely got a freaking ego trip, man. Uh, Nikki, have you noticed this? Because I definitely have from day one where he wanted to establish, we're running our off my offense. You know, this, I'm the head coach. You know, not like he was mean about it, for lack of a better word, but he 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 made it clear, and he's still making it clear that it's his team. And I, I just think that he says unnecessary things in the media where oh, Tom just made a terrible throw there. You know, look, look, I like honesty. I appreciate it, but there are some things that you got to keep in house again, Nick. Yeah, no, some, some of it is just, you know, let's, we don't need to take that to the media, but yeah, it's almost like Bruce Arians is like marking his territory, but he has been like that since the beginning. Like this is his team, my offense, not Tom's team. So yeah, it seems to be a little bit of, um, I don't think Tom likes that too much. So I would agree. Interesting to see going forward. Yep, I would agree right there. No doubt on that one. So, yeah, all in agreement. But uh, it's great to have you guys back there, Damien. I know you must be so freaking happy right now about what's going on. You got your team back in, man. Things are looking good. It's beautiful. So, um, yeah, your team's certainly on the rise and, you know, maybe the best in the NFC at this moment. So got to watch out for them. Got to pay attention. All right, we got some more coming at you. Third and three podcasts. We don't stop over here. We keep going until the job is done. So we're going to keep rocking and rolling right now with Mount Player Player. Top four teams that are 500 or less to make the playoffs. So you have to be 500 or less as a team. And we're going to each give our four top teams that we think have the best chance to sneak in the playoffs or call it whatever you want to. But to get in, whether it's an eight or 17 for each conference, we're going to go for it right now. So why don't we start out with our number four guys. Damien, would you kick it off for us? Yeah, this was actually really tough. Um, we say it's 500 or less. There's literally no teams. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, so we're going less than 500. <laughs> <laughs> so I looked at the standings. I was like, okay. Um, well, number four for me is Atlanta. Um, Atlanta starting to find their groove. You know, as a Saints fan, I hate to give them any type of props at all. It definitely hurts me a lot. <laughs> but I will be a professional and give them their props. They had the talent there. You think about their offense with Ty Gurley looking like his old self at times. Uh, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Uh, the defense is still not the best, but they haven't been just – a doormat the last few weeks they've been able to make some stops here and there and they have a true shot to sneak in the door especially when you look at a team like chicago right now holding that last playoff spot man it may be possible it really may be all right so that's one for damien right there nikki how about your number four my number four is my rule-breaking nfc east i'm sorry i have to go there i just have to like Damien said, I mean, this was, I pulled up the standings and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to like cheat a little bit. I don't know. It's like nobody to from, but uh, it's all good. I just, it's basically the absurdity of the NFC East to so be a game and a half back and we're going into week 10. And if the Eagles 
All right, the Eagles have to win, you know, the Giants, Dallas, and uh, the Redskins, but there's a good chance that they lose two of those games. And if we stay on the up and up, I'm not saying the Giants are definitely getting in, but what I am saying is there's a chance because this division is trash and it is a mess, and I would love nothing more than to see Philly just blow their next few games and we come on the up. So, Giants fans, my, my family, my second family out there, I'm giving you a little bit of hope. I think it might be possible this year in this division only. So someone from the NFC East is going to have a terrible record, and they will get in, and I do hope it's my boys. <laughs> hey, I, I, you know, I'm with you on there. Look, my number four, New York Giants. New York <laughs> New York Giants. You guys heard me mention them before where their defense is the best in that division. And again, if Daniel Jones can, I'm not calling him Danny Dimes. They're not doing it. So Daniel Jones, he's got to obviously keep the turnovers down, but I don't know if he's, I'm not comparing him to Brett Favre, but if he's going to be that type of player, they're definitely going to need their defense to step up big. If he's going to be throwing a pick or two every game, that's going to be really hard to overcome unless he's going to throw four touchdowns a game, which we haven't seen him do that yet, obviously. And there's a lot that goes into that. You know, the offensive line, you know, I think they keep, need to keep building over there. They do have good receivers. Um, the jo- And again, it's just the division. I, I count out Dallas now. I don't care about Gilbert. Uh, Philadelphia just doesn't excite me at all. Their wide receivers are on and off the injured list and whatnot. And the Washington football team, you know, no, you know, they just, they're the worst in the division. So, you know, I mean, we're talking about a game, game and a half with seven games left to go and divisional games left to play. I think the New York Giants have a really good shot. They're my number four team, Damian. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. It's crazy. When you look at the standing in the NFC, the Giants are the last team and they're a game and a half out of the division. Um, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, for me, my number three squad, I went to the AFC and I went with Denver. Um, I think that they have talent there. We all like that team going into this year. And we see, we've seen that talent. Like the reason they got back into that Atlanta game is because they have talent there. Jerry Judy started to come into his own. We saw some of that that route running ability that really makes him special in this game. Uh, I like Hamler a lot. He's a very athletic guy. And Drew Locke has started coming to his own. Again, if they run the ball, that defense can, you know, not have to do so much. I can see this team maybe sneaking in, but it'll be very tough in the AFC. But Denver will be the team that I will look at there. Well, I'm just going to jump in right after you because I got the Broncos at number three also. I do. And, it, it, I had reservations, guys, because the Raiders are playing so well in that division now, you know, like you mentioned. And, of course, you got Kansas City over there. Um, if it goes to eight teams, definitely a better shot, no doubt about it. But their record right now, uh, Denver Broncos, let me just double-check. They, yeah, they're three and five. So uh, they're definitely not out of it at all by any means. And I do think they have a good team. And, yeah, they're going to have to run the ball better play better defense um, at certain times, especially on the road, because they are much better at home. But, uh, yeah, I think the Broncos certainly have a shot, and I wish I had their schedule up in front of me. I'll try to get it in the meantime. Maybe we'll talk about it a little bit later. So um, me and uh, Damian agree with the Denver Broncos at number three, Nikki. What do you got? Um, Actually, at number three, I have the 
49ers. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm surprised. Uh, hear me out. I know. I know. You guys are, what, four and five? Yeah. I know it looks grim, right? It, it does. It's like, no, there's no way. I get all that. And there's a massive loss of talent, like I said, running the skeleton crew. But you know what? I believe in Kyle Shanahan, and I think the players do too. And there's a lot to be said when a team can rally around and buy into what the coach is selling. I think that that can go a long way. The Niners do have a long way to go. But listen, this division, I mean, it's not totally out of the realm of possibility that the Niners can pull it together and come back and start, you know, making their way up the division. Seattle, that defense is a little bit questionable. So, you know, we'll see. Niners currently have a 9% chance to make the playoffs. It's improbable, but it is not impossible. I'm not ready for the towel in yet. I don't think the fans should either. you got to keep the faith. And you know what? It could always be worse be the Jets, so you, keep the faith, I think if you rally around the coach, everybody buys into it, there's there's a lot of potential there. Yeah, Nikki, you just wrapped up something for me that I actually wanted to ask you guys, because I'm on board with this right now, it depends upon what the trade would be, but I would take Sam Donald for the 49ers over Jimmy G right now. I believe in the kid. I know that he's got a little bit of turnover issues also, but he's forced into those things. He doesn't have the right players. Um, He's got to stay healthy, but this is an intriguing thing that could happen. I'd rather have him over Matt Ryan because there's been a lot of talk about that. But what do you guys think? Would Would you guys go in that direction if you're the 49ers, you know, getting rid of Jimmy G and then, you know, heading over and, you know, picking up, one of these guys, I don't know, Sam Darnold um, could, again, could be available because of the top of the draft. Matt Ryan could be as well at his age. I'm not so thrilled about it, but he can probably do a better job. I, I, I don't know. Again, I just real quick, you guys, because I know we've talked about it a few times. With Jimmy G, with, if, if you had the opportunity to get Sam Darnold at a reasonable price, Damien, you first. Would you do that if you're the Niners? Yeah, you should be able to get him at a reasonable price, especially if the Jets want to go for Trevor Lawrence. So at that point, you're like, we're not going to give up a first for him, uh, maybe a second, maybe a third. That you're giving up for Sam Donald, who's a former, you know, top quarterback in the draft. And he's somebody who has shown flashes of brilliance in the league. Uh, and maybe under Kyle Shanahan, in a normal situation that isn't the Jets, you can look good. So I would definitely take that chance. And with him, the upside is higher than with Jimmy G. We know what Jimmy G's ceiling is now, yep. right? And with Sam Donald, we're not sure what that ceiling is. So you have to take a chance in that possibility of the potential of Sam Donald. That's right. Yeah, that, and thank you with that. I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement over there. There's a few other quarterbacks in mind, but don't want to go too deep in it. Nikki, I just wanted your thought. Um, you know, Sam Donald, we haven't seen the best of him because we've already gone through it with the Jets organization and, and their, their personnel and players. But the 49ers getting rid of Jimmy G is one thing that I want done first immediately, even if we don't have a quarterback because I'm tired of the injuries and the nonsense. And I like Sam Donald a lot, and I think that he can do a lot with this young, one of the youngest teams in the NFL that can be around for a long time. Yeah, no, I mean, go for it. Get Sam Darnold. But listen, I'm pretty high on this kid. I think he's got a lot of talent, like I say, and I will maintain until it'll be one of the hills I die on. 
um, that just he's in the wrong. He's on the wrong team. The Jets organization is a joke. The way they are set up is a joke. Um, the chain of command is a joke. It's just all around joke. I don't think they know what they're doing. They're just not a professional sports team. Like I said, you should just have like Twitter fans just tweet in what they should do. What's the next play? What's the next? Play? <laughs> I would love to see Sam Darnold get a chance on a legit team, a legit contending team, because I think that will elevate his play. Right? Like, yeah. You know, if you're in an environment where you're not really motivated and like you know it's just related back to real life maybe you work in some dead-end job you're not going to get promoted you're just going to punch the clock in and out no no one's motivated but you elevate yourself and you go to you know the people around you want to elevate themselves and you naturally will so i want to see this kid succeed i think he's got a lot of talent and the 49ers might be a great fit Yep, I, I kind of think it is. You know, again, Kyle Shanahan, a great quarterback, offensive mastermind type of guy, so I like that. All right, let's close it out with these last two over here. Uh, I'll go right now. Uh, my number two team, and we talked about them a little bit before, um, it will be tough because of their division, but they can go on a run, and if they keep running the ball with Dalvin Cook and he stays healthy – and they can get better on defense. And, you know, Harrison Smith, the, their safety, they're all pro, they're all-star, everything. You know, if he can get this defense back in order, I think the, the Minnesota Vikings have a definitely legit chance of getting there. I know it's going to be tough. They don't have the greatest record in the world right now. But the Minnesota Vikings are playing good at the right time. They need to play good right now, especially with what's going on. They got to catch up. They're 3-5, and five, so they're definitely not out of it. And with Chicago going down in that division and Detroit obviously going nowhere, I think that Minnesota's definitely got a legit shot, uh, Damian, to make the playoffs. It's not going to be easy, but they're one of the teams that I have a little more faith in than others. Yeah, no, I'm definitely not mad at that pick at all. But my number two is more about the story. Um, I, do, I broke the rule as well just because it was so tough. But I want the Washington football team, who now oh. has a starting quarterback named Alex Smith. How dare you? <laughs> Uh-oh. You're, oh, you're screwed in knowledge with Nikki now. She's going to change everything. <laughs> but uh, I just think the story would be so awesome if he somehow led them to the playoffs. Um, the fact that he was able to come into the game after seeing Kyle Allen suffer a similar injury that he had a couple years ago that kept him out for all this time and coming to the game and actually played pretty decently until, you know, the interceptions came is nuts. And I think that team may rally behind him and play well. I mean, sneakily do have, like, a decent defense. They yeah. have some talent there. Yeah. Uh, and it's something that could happen if the offense comes around. So I'm going to go to Washington football team. I, I like that a lot. And, Nikki, you know, I, I don't mean, you know, but I, I I do like that. It's certainly a possibility over there with their defense. You never know if they can keep their running game together. It's a wide-open division. We never know. We never these, know. These are tra- traitorous comments you're making now because you <laughs> had the Giants at number four. So I, I know. I, I know. Well, <laughs> had to give your team some love at least. All right. Uh, Nikki, we on your number two right now? Broncos. I know that's pretty high on the list. I know it's tough in this division, but I do think that they can do it. We've seen where they can be great. We've seen where they can get on a roll. We've been on them since the summer. We thought that they would be a good team. Um, 
So I think if anyone can do it, they probably can put it together, especially if we get this weird ace team. That, that might be a possibility. But I have a lot of faith in this team. I like what I see when they get rolling. Drew Locke gets into rhythm. I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Maybe not quite this year. Probably definitely next year. But I do want to give them a shout-out. A little bit of love. So I got them number two. Yeah. I, I love their uh, picking Jerry Judy, the wide receiver over there. Like Damian mentioned, he had 125 yards uh over the weekend. So, yeah, he's going to be a guy. And when Cortland Sutton is healthy, then, yeah, watch out. You know, no offense. So, yeah, I'm with you there. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. All right, let's get to our number one before this segment closes out. And then we get to knowledge with Nikki. I can't wait for that. Guys, I'll give you my number one really quick. And I'm not just basing it off of what I saw this weekend, but the completeness of the team. Now, one guy who I thought was going to be back may not be back for a while. And that's Christian McCaffrey, and I'm talking about the Carolina Panthers. This team plays with so much heart. It seems they've fallen in love with their coach already. They they may play uh, dink and dunk often sometimes, so Bridgewater can go down the field to Robbie Anderson. Mike Davis filled in really nice. One thing they have to do is obviously get better on defense, but I think that that's something that they can fix, they can alternate, and maybe just move a few guys around on defense and get them in those, you know, sort of, uh, you know, amoeba spots where they can do anything, you know, have like a Buddha Baker running around somewhere or something like that. But um, Carolina Panthers, I do have faith in them, even though it's a very tough division, Damian, as you know, with the Saints and the Bucks. But Carolina, I, I still like what they can do. Yeah, I'm not mad at that pick. Carolina has played well, and most games this year, the one game that's really going to haunt them is the Atlanta game, unless Atlanta turns it around and becomes one of those teams that, you know, we mentioned going forward. But if Atlanta, you know, is the Atlanta that we know, that's really going to haunt them going forward as far as that loss. Um, but for my number one, I want Minnesota. I think that they have a real shot of turning around and making the playoffs, especially with Chicago in that last spot. We know we all don't believe in Chicago being a true playoff team. So you got San Francisco in front of them and Chicago. I can see them passing both of those teams because of Dalvin Cook and the way that they are able to run the ball and their defense is playing a little bit better. So I can see that going forward, they can get these wins and be back in this playoff hunt very seriously. Oh, man. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Look, we got five seconds. So real quick, third and three podcast, taking a 30-second break, and then we're going to get Nikki's number one and knowledge with Oh, I'm enjoying that right there. That's some hot stuff right there. It starts out slow and it's like, bam, right in your face. That's Nikki's song today. Nikki, why'd you pick that one? <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. Nikki is definitely a music major on the show. There is no doubt about it. Yeah, 
Absolutely. We rely on her for all that stuff. <laughs> and speaking of Nikki, we definitely need to get her lab. Sorry, uh, commercial break got uh, really close and I didn't want to cut her off. So I want to allow Nikki to give her number one from our Mount Player player of the top four teams that are 500 or less that are most likely to make the playoffs. We've gone through um, our top four already, Damian and I. Nikki is just left with her number one. Want to hear it? And then we're going to get into knowledge with Nikki, Veterans Day style. Can't wait to do it. Can't wait to lose. All right, Nikki, tell us your number one. <laughs> My number one is the Minnesota Vikings. Probably no shocker there. I think they're really on the verge of turning the season around. Like their fans all of a sudden forgot it was Hank for Trevor, like a distant memory. Um, you know, three and five records, not that inspiring. But here's what's coming up for them, okay? It's the Bears, the Cowboys, the Panthers, and Jacksonville. I think if this defense can continue, they can keep rolling, keep doing what they're doing. I really think they can get three wins somewhere in there. So. All right. Number one, Minnesota Vikings. All right. Well, you know, I'm with you. That They were my number two. Were they in yours, uh, uh, Dean? Yeah, so Minnesota, yeah, number one. Oh, yeah, that's right. Minnesota's number one. Excuse me. That's Yeah, so we all got them near the top, you know, one and two. So if they can keep this thing going, then that's that's fantastic. That'll be awesome. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Let's see if we can, uh, you know, get that together over there. And it is time for a lot of fun right now. One of our favorite segments on the show where things get absolutely crazy. We got no idea what's coming, but who the heck cares? We know what time it is. It's time to get a little tricky. And because, unfortunately, I don't have my song ready to go, which I really wanted to, and I'm upset about it because I'm having a little computer issue today. But um, normally, you know the song, Tricky Nikki Gifts. We get a little crazy with that. And uh, you know what? I think I can. I think I can. We need it, right? We need the theme song. Don't you need it? We we do yeah, need we the theme song. Yeah, we need it. So, you know what? We definitely yeah, need it. Spotify, because we all got Spotify accounts. <clears throat> Spotify, let's go. <laughs> I love it. And, and this is what happened. Let me do some brand awareness while Jay, you look up the song. YouTube, we usually go to you for our music. However, you're having issues today. So... Damien and I saved the day with Spotify. Because Spotify always comes through for us. Like a good playlist, never lets you down. And neither does the third and three podcast. And neither Woo. does the show. Go tell them, girl. That's it right there. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. We're waiting for a Run DMC. Um, the real deal with Damien Adams. I play songs on my podcast from Spotify as well. So you get jams. You get hot takes, not jams. On the real deal with Damien Adams. Uh, podcast, go ahead and check it out. I just did a bonus episode with some of my friends from my Navy days on last Sunday night. So you'll find that one on there at a new episode with all football talk um, tonight. Ah, all right, all right. I'm digging it, loving it. Yeah, got to send that link out. We'll talk about it at the end of the show for sure. Make sure we get that in there. So I would love to do that. So look, it is an Algebra Nikki time, but you know what? Spotify is not allowing me to get the long version in, so I'm going to do at least the tight, the small version. And the reason we're doing this, uh, Damien, it was your idea. T- tell the folks, please, why. And I know that a lot of people know already, but we lost the great one. Game show host in history, Alex Trebek, 
uh, host of Jeopardy, passed away. He had a long battle with cancer, uh, passed away this past week. So we're definitely going to pay homage in the best way that we can by answering Nikki's question in the form of a question the way that you would on Jeopardy. That's right. That's right. So a little who is, what is, where is, however it's going to go. So Nikki, we're going to honor Alex Trebek with that one over there. So why don't we get rocking and rolling over here? You ready? I'm ready. Did you find it? Uh, nope, I can't find the long version, so I'm going to keep playing the short version over and over again, if I possibly can. <laughs> so, we'll keep going, but yeah, they're not giving me the long Jeopardy version of it, but you know what? It's all good in the hood. And no, let's... Did you, you didn't find Run DMC? I found it right away. I'm on the app. Well, then you should have told me about that. I forgot about that. I've got to do the I Run DMC. Oh, no, I was looking up the Jeopardy. That's Ah, so you did buy me some time. <laughs> we gotta have a team. It's not the same. Gotta have a team. For the veterans out there, this one is for you guys. It is Veterans Day trivia, but we gotta have a team. So. That's right. Trick to rock around, to rock around. That's right. On time is tricky. It's tricky. 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 to rock around, to rock around. That's right. On time is tricky. Tricky. Oh my god, I love that song so much. I love the music that we play over here in Third and Three Podcast. Oh, I love it. Again, brought to you by Anchor, presented by the Sports Column. And again, big shout out to all the Veterans Day. To all the veterans on Veterans Day, we appreciate you so much, including our own, our head coach, our captain over here, Mr. Damian Adams. God bless you, man. You're the real deal. So we appreciate it. So it is time. Tricky Nikki time. Who knows what's going on? The questions could be insane, but I can guarantee you're going to get a lot of knowledge with Knowledge with Nikki right now. So we are ready to do this thing. Uh, Damian, I think I went first last week. All right. Well, I'm going to wish you a lot of luck, my friend. So let's see if we can do this bad boy. Let's get her going. All right. Let's do it. I got a good feeling about this. Damien, I've got four questions each for you guys. Number one, the why is Veterans Day celebrated on November 11th? Oh, wow. I should know this. That's probably one of our, uh, our test questions in boot camp. I'm going to try. Um, I'm just going to try to be logic. Uh, why do they, why is Veterans Day on 11-11? I'm going to say because of the triple ones, because of the lucky, nu- the numbers. It's the only logical thing I can think of. Um, well, it's the 11th day of the 11th month of 1918, which signaled the end of World, World War I. Oh, okay. Okay, I dig it. I dig it. That's important stuff. Very good knowledge right there. All right, D. Number two. Here we go. What percent of women are veterans? Hmm. What percent of women are veterans? Yes. Uh I'll have to go with one percent. Jay, you want to try? 
Veterans, um, yeah, you said one percent, Damien. Wow, it's it's, yeah. it's hard for me to disagree with you. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say I just with a lot of expansion, I'm gonna go seven percent. Uh, Jay, very close, nine percent. So I would I would give Jay the point. It is very close. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'll take it. <laughs> All right, D. Number three. What is the most common spelling mistake people make when spelling Veterans Day? The most common mistake they make when spelling Veterans Day? Yeah, the most common spelling mistake. Uh, I haven't seen any. I guess um, people may be with the apostrophe after the S instead of the N on veterans? Yes, they add the apostrophe. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was a total guess in the dark. <laughs> Good job, bro. Yes, just to clarify, they, the people do add the apostrophe, which is incorrect because it, well, that is implying it is a day for someone or a few, and it's not. It's for everyone. So, yes, the apostrophe is the most common spelling mistake. Way to go. Good, good job. All right, Dee, nice job. Number four, um, where was the first Veterans Day Parade held? Wow. First Veterans Day Parade. Uh, was it Gettysburg? It was not. Jay, you want to try? I think it was Arlington. Birmingham, mm. Alabama, 1947. Okay. More knowledge. All right. I'm writing yeah. that down. All right. Nice job, Dave. We are tied 1-1. Jay, are you ready for your first question? Uh, nope, but I'm going to take it. <laughs> <laughs> In what year did Congress pass a resolution for the annual observance of Veterans Day? Okay. In what year? Did they? Yes. Okay. Um, In what year did Congress pass a resolution for the annual observance of Veterans Day? I would say, and I'm just going to give my best guess, what is 1890? Do you want to try? What is 19... What is... 1935. 1926. That's that's close. That's close. I would give him the point, but Jay, you got to be all right with it. Of course, I'm all right with it. I love okay. this stuff. All right, come on. <laughs> <laughs> two to one. Two to one. All right, Jay. Number two for you. How many living veterans served during at least one war as of 2018? Holy crap. Okay, so how many veterans... How many living veterans... Living, right. ...served during at least one war as of 2018? That's such a hard question, but... Um, I'm really going to take a shot in the dark over here. I'm going to say... Whew, um, 10 million? Do you want to try? Uh, I'm going to go 1.25 million. 18.2 million. So, Jay, you're close. Yeah, maybe a half a point or something. Half, I, okay. 
I was just a little close. Okay. And what year was the National Veterans War created? 1945. Do you want to try? Uh, what is 1965? I don't know what to do here. 1954. <laughs> 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 we'll give Jay the other half the point. Make it 2-2. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll take it. All right. Yeah. Here we go. Can you name the top three states with the highest percentage of veterans as of 2019? That's a great question. Okay. Um, wish I had the Jeopardy music here. Okay. So the top three states that had the most veterans um, from 2019? Yes. Okay. I really hope I don't blow this one. Um <clears throat> Oh, Damien's definitely going to know. Well, he's going to get like at least two out of three. If I'm wrong with the first one, I guess you got to stop me, right? But um, I would say Virginia. That's one of them. Okay. Um, I would also say uh, Massachusetts. No. Ah, all right. Do you want a shot at the, the next two states? Yeah, so yeah, I was going to guess Virginia. I was also going to guess California. No. Uh, mm. What are the other two? The other yeah. two are Wyoming and Alaska. Wow. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, I don't yeah, think I would have got that. I can see that. A lot of people going after their career retiring there. I can see that. Wow, very cool. I like this. Good job, guys. We ended in a tie. Yeah, I'll okay. take it. I'll take a tie. It's better than a loss, right? Tell that to some head coaches out there. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh man! All right. Again, hey, Nikki, great job. Round of applause for you. Definitely flowers at you all the way. Absolutely. The show is completely and totally dedicated to them, no doubt. All right. Good job, D. Yeah. All right. Two and two. Two and two. I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, we got time for our freaky fantasy football draft. I can't wait. Let's do this thing. It's the only freaking thing I won last week. Uh, I had uh, Patrick Mahomes. He killed it for me. Devontae Adams was on another planet. And the Steelers did okay. So I finished uh, at the top of about 89. Damian, Derek Carr did good for you. So did Will Fuller. Um, Just the defense didn't come through, unfortunately. Nikki uh, Brady obviously put up a major dud. Uh, Cook went all out for you. And, you know, a couple of the guys were just, you know, a little bit on the mediocre side. So I got first, uh, Nikki second, and Damien third, which means Damien's going to kick this one off after basically sweeping everything last week. So, Damien, we're going to kick it off. And you, obviously, my friend, you know the deal. You can go quarterback, wide receiver. I'm sorry if you hear that beeping noise in the back. I'm hoping that goes off really fast. Quarterback, wide receiver, running back, or defense. Damian, you are up first. So I'm going to go with a quarterback. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the young rookie, Tua Tagovailoa. Okay. Take him this week as Miami is going against, as I can find 
find it here on my sheet. So yeah, the Dolphins got the Chargers. That's an interesting pick right there. All right, I like it, Tua. Okay, Nick, you get to pick between any of the positions. All right, I am also going to go quarterback, and um, I'm going to go with, oh, jeez. You know what, I'm going to take Lamar Jackson against the Patriots defense. Okay, okay. Not bad. Is not bad. A fire drill? Be okay? Yes, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I live in this apartment where if somebody burns a toaster, there goes an, an alarm. Oh, yeah. My pop target's a little too, a little too toasted, though. Alarms are going off. I'm so sorry. And there's nothing I could do about it unless I tear the house apart. And I don't think I could do that in the next two minutes. So I'm so sorry about this. So I'll try to speak louder, guys. I really apologize. But all right, Nikki, we're going with Lamar Jackson, a quarterback. My first pick this week, um, Raiders versus Broncos, Raiders at home. I want Josh Jacobs on my team. I'm going to take him at running back first, guys. So I'm going to go Jacobs at running back, and I get to wrap around to take my second pick. Um, Could go quarterback right now. You guys took your quarterback, so you know what? I can actually save that and be smart over there and go with, I think, um, it's between two wide receivers. John Brown is questionable this week, so I'm not going to go with him. Ah, man, I don't want to do this, bro, but I'm doing it, and I'm sorry. This is going to hurt you, Damian, and it's going to hurt me too because Michael Thomas is going to do a number on the 49ers, and I'm going to have to take him at wide receiver. Yeah, man, it's it's a it's a killer pick. It's not one that I want, but you know, to be logical and unbiased, I'm gonna go there. So I got Jacobs at running back, Michael Thomas at wide receiver. Nikki, we are ready for your second pick. Anything from wide receiver to running back to defense? Oh, Damian, you did your second pick. Oh, he goes last. He, yeah, he goes. He gets a wrap around after. Oh, he gets a wrap around. Okay, so let me take. Uh, Devontae Parker against the Chargers, please. Okay, that's a good pick. I like that, actually. That's a good one. The man's healthy. He's going to make plays. All right. All right, Damien, you got two. Again, you can go running back, wide receiver, and defense. You already got two at quarterback, and that's a good start. So we're going to stay in the Devontae family. I'm going to take Devontae Adams uh, Mm. this week as uh, Green Bay has a matchup against Jacksonville. Yeah, that's not a bad pick, man. I had him last week. He did, he killed it for me. Nicky, you had him the week before, and he killed it for you also. So let's see if three times the, the charm over there, you know, all three in a row for you, bud. But I'll be rooting against you. But you still got another pick. So you already picked Michael Thomas. I think the Saints defense will have a good day against your 49ers. I'm going to take the Saints defense. That's not a bad call, man. That's just really not a bad call at all. I can't argue with it. I really can't. All right, so you wrapped around with the Saints there. All you got is your running back left, which we're going to get to. But, Nikki, you get to make your third pick now between running back and defense. Which way would you like to go? Um, I'm going to go running back, and, uh, yeah, I will take uh, Alvin Kamara, please. Okay. Oh, you haven't used him yet. Then that, that's no, a great pick. No. Oh, very good. Okay. All right, so we got Kamara. You got Lamar Jackson, Kamara, and Parker. Very good. 
All right. Um, here's my wraparound. I got to go quarterback and I got to go defense. So the deal is I'm going to take Juju Smith this week. Um, Pittsburgh, um, again, I think they have a matchup with the Bengals, I'm pretty sure. So I think that Juju can get his yards. Why did I pick Juju? I have a wide receiver already. I'm so sorry. Let me go quarterback and be normal again. I'm back to normal. Here we go. All right. I wanted Jared Goff, actually. That's who, that's who I want. I want Goff with the Rams this week against the Seahawks defense, which has been pathetic. So watch out for the Rams this week. So I'm going to go with Goff at quarterback to get me some sweet points. And on defense, um, I went back and forth a lot with this one. I was really unsure. I was thinking about picking the Giants. I was thinking about picking the, the Saints, but you picked them already. So I, I think I might actually go with the Miami Dolphins against the Chargers? I I don't know. That's where my brain is going right now. I picked a lot of the good defenses. So it was between like the Dolphins, the Saints, and the Giants for me. And the Giants got uh, Philly. So, oh, God, and the defense is playing good. But you know what, guys? I'll, I'll just stick with it and not overthink it too much. And I'll go with the uh, Dolphins defense this week. So that completes my team. I got Goff. Jacobs, Thomas, and the Dolphins for my defense. Nikki, you are up, and your defense is the last pick. Oh, I know. This defense is getting real hard because I think I've taken all the good ones except for one. I hate to double up, but it's the last good one. Uh, I'm going to take the Ravens defense this week. Hey, there you go. Hey, not a bad pick. It's nice that you had them saved over there. Pretty good. All right. That's my last good one. After this, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We'll figure it out. There'll be more guys on injured list and more players coming up, so we'll see. All right, Damien, you have the very last pick of this week's draft. Wide res- uh, what running back, excuse me, where are you going to go? So for my running back, I'm going to take a, a shot here and go with J.D. McKissick. Ah, I like that. I like that. I was high in him a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, yeah, he's going to get a lot of catches out of the backfield. And, yeah, you know, maybe a favorable matchup this week. We'll see. You know, going against the Lions. I think that's a good pick. That's a good pick. All right, so you got two of J.D. McKissick, Devontae Adams, who's going to give you 50 points and probably with the Saints defense, Will. Nikki, Lamar Jackson, big comeback game. Alvin Kamara, oh, God, what he's going to do to my Niners. Pathetic. Devontae yeah. Parker can have a great day. Ravens defense. I got golf against Seattle. They have the worst defense in the league. Josh Jacobs, I think, will do a number in this game. Michael Thomas back, looking good. And I'll go with the Dolphins defense. They've been playing pretty well despite giving up 31 points in Arizona last week. So that concludes our freaky fantasy football draft of the week. Love it. Awesome. Jotting it down. Again, we can't pick the same players. We go through it, and that's it. You pick a player once, he's gone. Or that defense is gone also, so you never know what's going to happen. Guys, it is getting tough. It is. We got, what, seven games left? Seven or eight or whatever it is? Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. Look at my sheet yesterday. I'm like, I mean, I did save a couple good ones, but it's, it's going to get real tough in about a week or so. Uh-huh. And this is where that managing comes in, no doubt about it. So we'll see how that goes. All right, before we take our next break, I want to get to the three big-ass bold predictions over here. Don't fold them, bad boys. Another great uh, idea by you guys. Awesome. Who would like to kick off 
one of the big ass bold predictions that they got. Nikki, how about you? All right, I, I will kick it off. Uh, my first bold prediction. I say bold. I don't really. I'm not really a bold type of prediction person. But let's see. I'm gonna go. All right. If you are a betting man or woman, uh, <laughs> my bold prediction is for you to bet against the Steelers this week because they will not cover their 9.5 uh, spread. Um, and they're not going to cover it because in the past seven games where the Steelers have been favored by nine or more, they have gone 0 and 7. So I predict this will continue. My bold prediction, and against Steelers, they're not going to cover this week. Okay. All right. All right. Good one. I like it. Coming out with a little fire right there. Uh, speaking of fire, which is freaking fire alarm to go off. Jesus. Learn how to use your toasters, people. They freaking burn toast all over the place, and they're just unbelievable. Oh, my goodness. I got to run out of this building soon. All right, Damien, let's get one of yours, bro. So, for my first bold prediction, I'm going to go with Josh Allen continuing the quantum this week against Okay. All right. So riding your boy, Josh Allen, definitely my boy too, but you have been definitely number one all over him this year. So kudos to you, my brother. We talked about the Chargers. We talked about two and the Dolphins. Justin Herbert has been fantastic this year, other than not being able to close out games. I think that this week, Justin Herbert will have his worst game by far. We're talking 250 yards, a touchdown, maybe, and a couple of interceptions to Miami, who is just riding so high right now that I think the Dolphins are going to do a number on Justin Herbert. They're going to blitz him, and they're going to take him off his game for the first time this season. So that's a bold prediction where Justin Herbert has been money in fantasy and on the field, except for maybe the end of games. He's going to have a horrible day. So that's one of my big-ass bold predictions. Nikki, let's get one, uh, the next one. You're number two. All right, Nikki. My number two bold prediction, I don't quite have a sound effect like Damien does, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that the total turnovers in the Detroit-Washington game will be at least six. Oh, <laughs> wow. I like it. <laughs> I like that. All right. Nice. Well done. Well done. All right, D, let's get your two. So, Oh, now that's a tough one. That is a tough one. People think, what, Dalvin Cook, 100 yards, no problem. Nope. Chicago Bears defense is a whole other monster, man. So I think that's a good one right there. That's that's bold. I'm with you, man. All right, good job. Good job. My number two, DeAndre Hopkins due for a huge game. I think he scores three touchdowns in this game for the Arizona Cardinals, who are going up against. And let me just find it real quick, because I know I had a rhyme behind the reason. Somebody help me out if I can't find it. Where's Arizona? Thank you, Buffalo, Buffalo. Haven't been relying on their defense too much uh, over there, and they've been getting scored upon. And I think D-Hop is hungry, and this team is hungry for a victory. They're at home. I like Kyla Murray throwing a D-Hop. Three touchdowns. Bold-ass prediction for me, number two. Let's get to our number ones. Nikki, take it away. My number one is 
Antonio Brown will go off this week and score two touchdowns. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about before the show about Antonio Brown, and I realized that when he left Pittsburgh, they got better eventually after he was gone. There was less drama. Then he went to the Raiders. They sucked. He was gone. Now they're getting better. Now Tampa Bay's got him. They get their ass kicked. Maybe they should just freaking get rid of him right now. I don't know, because he seems to maybe be a football virus or something like that. But um, let me give you my, uh, my, my number one over here. Nikki, the Giants are going to win the division. They're going to win the division. No, I'm giving you real deal, bold ass, mother effing, don't fold them predictions right now. I think the Giants defense is good and getting better. Maybe they're even more than good than very good. And they still got playmakers. And I like Goldman. And I, I like what they do. And Joe Judge is a very underrated coach. I think you know this more than me. And I know you got a little hate for him. I understand. But they're in every game with less personnel. And you know what? Danny, uh, you know, Daniel Jones. Oh, look at that. Say that one more time. I want to jot that down. Darren Waller, tight end from Vegas, will get over 100 yards and two touchdowns against Denver this week. All right. That is pretty bold, especially with the two touchdown part. All right. Nicely done. Nicely done. Yeah, we got D-Hop with my three touchdowns, Giants winning the division, Justin Herbert having an awful game for the first time. Nikki, run your three down again. My three are that against the Steelers because they're not going to cover. Total turnovers in Detroit, Washington is going to be at least six, and Antonio Brown will score two TDs. Ooh, love it, love it. And Damien, your three? So Dalvin Cook will have over 100 yards against that. Absolutely loving it. Sticking with that quantum leap. Loving it. Loving it. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. All right. Well, we are ready to get into more. You know, we brought in some new segments this week. We're going to keep doing it. Nikki, with her knowledge, she had a whole bunch of good stuff. So I can't wait to hear what she's got next. And you know what is next, guys? It's week 10 picks and locks. Oh, no. Yes, it is week 10 picks and locks. It is week 10, isn't it? Oh, my God. It's week 10. Damn. What the hell's going on? I feel like the season just started. Oh, man. Yo, go for that 18th week. Damn, we need that or something. I don't know what it's. Oh, goodness. Right? Let's do this bad boy. Let's get this thing going over here. My God. So we're ready to get into week 10, and it could be some sort of stuff right here, guys. I don't know. It's starting to get to those points where... I don't, I don't know who's going to win a lot of these games. I really don't. I don't know who's going to win a lot, but we're going to go for it. We're going to try to pick them for you right now. we got our Week 10 picks and locks ready to go. We did our freaky fantasy football drafts. So How is that freaking beeper going off again? Are you kidding me? These people should be sleeping right now. They're 948 years old. How are they not in bed? I'm pissed. Ah, well, it went off quickly. Yeah, yeah, right. And that's it. The crumbs are burning on the bottom. Well, hey, I'll go. Yeah, you see, you see. 
I, I'm with that. I would take a timeout from the show just for like 20 seconds to go grab me a couple of pieces. But you know what? We're going to continue on with this bad boy. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. But the beeping has stopped. So please, freaking crazy machine with all your 90-year-olds, give me a break over here. All right. Let's do it. Week 10 picks and locks. Here we go. We got a great game to start off this bad boy. Thursday night football. The Colts and the Titans basically for division rights in this game, even though the Colts lost last week and the Titans won. This will be a big game going forward. It's a short week. It's in Tennessee. And again, the road teams on Thursday night football don't seem to do really well. But the Colts are one of those teams when they lose, they tend to come back. And like I said, I haven't been big on Derrick Henry. And Derrick Henry, I don't know how many yards he'll get against the Colts. So I'm going to take the Colts in a really close game here, guys. 27-24. to Nikki, what do you got in this Thursday Night Football game? Um, yeah, I think it's one of the better games on schedule. Indiana's the second-best run defense in the league. It's going to be a big test for the Titans. I think the Titans keep this out. It's going to be very close. Yeah, like 24, 23, something crazy like that. It's going to be off by like 20 or something. Yeah, it will be close. And I, look, I'm not going to argue with your pick right there at all. You know, it'll certainly be a close game. And again, the Titans win. I won't be shocked. They're playing in Tennessee, Damian. But what do you think? Do you think uh, the Colts come off a terrible performance and do something against Tennessee or Derrick Henry runs it down their throat? Very much could be. Very much could be. I expect very close game. Know that about it. And I'm really looking forward to watch that one tomorrow night. All right. So I got the Colts. I'm the Lone Ranger on that one. You guys got the Titans. Let's see if, uh, you know, they can end that little tiny losing streak they got. Next game um, is just pathetic. It doesn't belong on TV. They probably shouldn't play it. The Jaguars should go in waving the white flag into Lambeau Field. Guys, this is my number one lock of the week. The Packers over the Jaguars. Although something in the back of my mind is saying, is this freaking Luton character actually going to go and put up big numbers against Green Bay? Because their defense has not been great. So I do see them putting up points, but I'm still locking in the Packers 34 to 24, Damian. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I couldn't go total blowout because we don't know about that guy that you mentioned. Like I said, we didn't know about him until last week. He played really good. I can see him putting up numbers. I'm going 30-17, Green Bay, and it is my first lock. All right. All right. So we're in lockstep with that one, full pun intended. Nikki, what about you? Uh, same. This is my first lock of the week. I am going Green Bay 33, Jacksonville 19. Uh, yeah, that's about all I got. <laughs> I love how great minds think alike. It's a beautiful thing. All right. How about the most boring game on the schedule? The Washington football team at the Detroit Lions. I'm going to shy my eyes away from that unless it somehow is a good game. I don't like Washington going into the Dome and Matthew Stafford. I don't know if Galladay is going to play, but they got to get DeAndre Swift more. They have more talent. They're at home. They're coached terribly where Washington isn't, but they don't have the personnel. So I do believe that Matthew Stafford gets his stuff together. 
and they actually have a convincing win. I was close to locking this one, and I didn't, but I got the Lions 13-16, Nikki. You know, I'm not going to lock this game. I think we are in for, I don't know about boring day. <laughs> Staff versus minute. They're going to be prone to turnovers. I got the turnover total at six. I think we're in for some sloppy-ass football. I think we're going to get a lot of flip-flopping, a lot of lead changes. It's just going to be one of those games that Detroit can remember rules like, hey, you can have 11 players on the field at once. <laughs> Okay, all right, excellent. And Damien, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to Detroit as well. I'm definitely not going to lock it. I have no trust in the guy with the pencil behind his ear. <laughs> <laughs> you know that. Yeah, this next one might be sloppy also. This is a tough game to pick. The Texans at the Browns. Now, they're playing at the Browns. Again, no more OBJ. We all know that. But Nick Chubb is coming back in this game. Uh, the Texans, you know, it's very hard for them to get a win. I believe they have two on the season right now. They still can get things done on offense, but defensively they can't. And that's kind of like the Browns in a way where even sometimes they can't get stuff on offense. Uh, right now, the Browns are not looking good. And, you know, even though I picked them to go to the playoffs, I got to be realistic when I see what I see. Now, I know Texans are going into the Browns. This is going to be a close game. And I thought the Texans may be able to pull this one off, but I don't see their running game coming up. And I think that allows the Browns to sit back a little bit and win this game by one point, Damian, 30 to 29. So I will take the Browns in this game. Okay. All right. I'm with that. I like that. Then Nikki? Uh, yeah. Browns coming off a bye. Both these offenses, it's funny. I, I, it has potential to, like, ball out. Both of their teams have weak pass uh, defenses. But I think the difference here is Houston's inability to stop the run. So I'm going to go Cleveland 34, Houston 27. Yep. And that's what the Browns want to do. They want to run the football and then go after that play action. And it seems they got a lot of, a lot of other guys to throw to. Question is Baker Mayfield. And I want to talk about that maybe next show or the show after whenever we can sneak it in. But I'd like to talk about Baker Mayfield and his future with the Cleveland Browns and uh, what may be going on even this year with the quarterbacks coming in. But we'll get to that another time. Uh, let's get to our next game now, which is the, let's see, the Bucks and the Panthers. Excuse me. Okay, so we got the Bucks and the Panthers. The Bucks just got shellacked, uh, like we talked about before, by your New Orleans Saints. What a game for them. It was just full, compa- everything. And uh, the Bucks laid an egg again, I think, because of bad play calling. You know, Tom Brady certainly wasn't on his game, and Maybe Antonio Brown distracted things a little bit on the field. Mike Evans not getting his touches. But usually when the Bucs lose this year, they come back really strong the following week. So I believe even though they're going to Carolina to play the Panthers, who I really like, I think that Tom Brady has an extraordinary week of practice with his teammates. They get right. They win the game 25-21. to 21. So I'll take the Bucs over the Panthers, Damian. 
this one is tough because you have Carolina, who just finished playing really tough against Kansas City. Like you mentioned, Tampa Bay this year, whenever they lose, they usually go on a two, three-game winning streak. But I don't see it this time. I'm going with the upset and having Carolina defeat Tampa Bay 30-27. Okay, okay, I could dig it. I could dig it. I, I'm not so shocked. Carolina, they play their heart out. But again, that defense, if they, if Tampa can get that passing game going, Nikki, then I think that it might be lights out for Carolina by the third quarter. Yeah, I learned my lesson last time when Tampa Bay learned, you know, they lost to the Saints. And I, we came back the next week and I was like, man, you just, need, you just can't underestimate a pissed off Tom Brady. The bounce back is coming. Uh, I think Carolina will hang in there, but eventually Tampa Bay's going to pull away. I'll take Buck 27, Panther 20. Yeah, I think it'll be a good game, definitely. I got them, you know, 25 21, so I certainly think it'll be a good game. And if the Panthers win at home, I'm not going to be shocked. Definitely won't be shocked. We talked about the Chargers at the Dolphins already this week. And I love Justin Herbert, but I said he's going to have a really bad game. And because he's going to have a really bad game, the Dolphins are going to win this one. Tua, again, looks the part. The whole team is playing hyped up. Brian Flores may be the, the, the head coach of the year. Look, they're looking playoffs, man. They're not freaking around anymore. They're 5-3. and three. They're looking to win the division. So this team, this team is playing with heart. They're playing with skill. They're playing tactical. They're listening to their coach. Right now, you, you you really have to like the Dolphins' chances of going to the playoffs, Nikki. Oh, yeah, I do. And Miami's defense has allowed 17 points or less in the last three weeks. And the Chargers continue to find new ways to lose. So I will take uh, Miami 27, Chargers 24. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And that's well said right there. And Damian, love to hear what you got to say on this one. Yeah, I'm right there with Nikki. Miami's defense is really good going against uh, Justin Herbert and that Chargers offense, which can be explosive, but you're a young QB going against that tenacious defense who has found ways to score in the last two weeks. I think they do it again, and Miami wins 28-24. All right, so it looks like we're all on Miami this week. Uh, yeah, I mean, geez, this is going to be a very tough team for anybody going forward. And I would include the Kansas City Chiefs in that discussion as well, to be honest with you. We'll get to them in a few. Uh, next game on the docket is Broncos at Raiders. And this is going to be a field goal game either way you look at it, in my opinion. Gosh, the Broncos have had some bad luck. Uh, the Raiders have been really outplaying themselves. I, I and I mean that in a good way. They're 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 doing a really good job. They stepped up defend, defensively when they had to. They can score. They don't have the greatest talent out there. And I think the Broncos are a little pissed. I, I think they're going to go to Las Vegas uh, in that empty stadium, and I think they're going to take control of the cadence. There's no home field in this advantage. I got the Broncos in a tight one, guys, 31-28. Part of it I'm going with my heart, part of them going with my head, and part of them going with the Raiders, not believing that they're really this good. But they're proving me wrong the last couple of weeks. But I still will take the Broncos, Nikki, in this game. Yeah, I, uh, I want to take the Broncos. I really, really do. Um I just think the Raiders collectively have have the edge a little bit here. Uh I, I really feel like it could go either way, but I'm going to lean to the Raiders. Uh, so the Raiders 29, Denver 27. 
All right. All right. So we're going with the Raiders right there. And Damian, I'm kind of feeling like you're going to go with the Raiders, but maybe you'll surprise me. No, I'm going Raiders in this one, 30-21. Really like what I'm seeing from them. And I already predicted Darren Waller's going to have a major game in this one. So yeah, we'll coincide with them winning the game. Uh, very, okay, there you go. Well said, well said. Uh, the game may be of the week, and you can say that for maybe two or three games. But, um, jeez, uh, Bills-Cardinals, boy, this should be very interesting. Bills going out to Arizona, so cross-country where you're at, my brother. And, um I don't know. Uh, I know a lot of points are going to be scored. It could be who's got the ball left at the end, and I don't know how great that the Bills' defense is going to play, but I know that both quarterbacks are going to show up. So in fantasy, you go pick Kyler Murray, you go pick uh, Josh Allen and their receivers, and you're going to be very, very happy at the end of the day. But because the Bills are the better, well-rounded team, and I am scared of Kyla Murray if I'm the Bills' defense. I still think Buffalo is going to be able to put up enough points because if you look at the Cardinals, you look at the Seahawks, they're both defenses not so great. Uh, Buda Baker's wonderful, don't get me wrong, but I'm going to take the Bills in a very high-scoring 41-35 to game right there, guys. Nikki, what do you think? Um, I think I have a horrible time picking Arizona matchups. <laughs> <laughs> can't seem to get it right. Um, this is a really good matchup. I didn't think I'd be really excited for Buffalo Cardinals, but here we are. Um, I think the difference in this game is a turnover, um, and Buffalo has the better turnover margin, so I think the quantum leap, I can't do it, continues. I'll take Buffalo um, 34, Arizona 27. All right. Again, I like those stats that you pull out of there, Nikki. Well done as always. I love it. Damien, your call on this one. Uh, Nikki and I got the Bills, but tough game. Yeah, it's a very tough game to pick. Arizona is a tough team to read. I can see why you feel like you have a tough time picking their games. I'm going to go with Buffalo in a shootout, 30-28. to 28, Very close one. I can see Kyler Murray and Josh Allen just going at it in this one. So I got Buffalo winning, being able to get that one spot that they need in this one when Arizona won't be able to. Buffalo 30-28. to 28. Yep, no doubt, no doubt. We just keep rolling with these great games over here. The next one is another awesome game. Seattle Seahawks at the Los Angeles Rams. Divisional battle. Seahawks obviously not looking good on defense. Russell Wilson they completely and totally rely on. Rams coming off a bye, I believe, this week. So an extra week of practice to try to annihilate the Seahawks defense. And look, if... if uh, excuse me, the uh, L.A. Rams uh, defensive line can get some pressure, then I think they'll have a pretty good game um, <laughs> against the C. It, it's so tough to pick this game, guys. It really is. But I think the Rams will be more efficient on defense than the Seahawks, and I think that's what will win them the game, even if it's going to be as close as possible. I'm going to take the Rams 34-33 to at home, Damian. Yeah, this is, a, this is a tough game to pick. I'm going to Seattle just because I don't trust Jerry Goff, even against that Seattle defense. Um, just not a golf guy. And I have to come down to quarterback play if it is a shootout. Of course, I'm taking Russell Wilson over Jerry Goff. So I'm going to Seattle 31, Rams 28. I wonder if there's going to be a punt in this game, Nikki. <laughs> That is funny, D. I have the same exact score. 
form. Also going Seattle, 31. Rams, 28. I think really this just might come down to Russell Wilson leading a game-winning drive. And if it comes down to trusting one of these quarterbacks, I'm going with my boy Ross all day. All right. There you go. There you go. Very good. All right. So I'm Lone Ranger in on the Rams over there. And let's get to our next game. The Bengals, who are definitely surging. We all love Joe Burrow, what he's doing out there. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, uh, Joe Mixon hopefully coming back soon. The defense playing a little bit better, but they got to go to Pittsburgh and play the Steelers. Now, we talked about them earlier and how it's like, okay, you got to make sure you close out games a little bit better than that, make a few better decisions. You know, coaching-wise, Big Ben has got to stay in the game the whole time, protect him a little bit more. Um, yeah, he's the king of uh, just injuries and telling you exactly where his injuries are. I got that from Ryan Clark <laughs> listening to him. He was Ryan Clark. Was, he said he would let everybody know where his injury is, what it is, and then come back and be superhero. And uh, look, whether or not he gets hurt this game um, and comes back or whatever it is. And, you know, God forbid, we don't want that. And again, we still got to see what's happening with COVID. So uh, a few of these players are only practicing alone, but. Look, given the Steelers organization and the way that they run things over there, I can't take the Bengals going into Pittsburgh and winning that game. So I got the Steelers 34-23, and that's my second lock, guys. Nikki, what do you think? Um, Where's my notes for this game? Oh, yes. Yeah, um, Steelers, I think it's going to be a little bit closer than people think. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. It's probably going to be one of those ugly divisional wins that the Steelers love to win. Also, Blitzburg, they lead the league with four sacks per game, so I think Joe Burrow is probably in for a rough day. I'm going to go Pittsburgh 27, Cincy 24. Okay. All right, so another one for Pitt. Damien, is it a triplet? I'm going to go against the grain on this one. Oh! Pittsburgh has been playing close to the edge of losing this past few weeks, and I think that this feisty Cincinnati team is going to pull off the upset. Oh, uh, wow. 24-23 Cincinnati. I know that Joe Burrow will be dealing with that pressure, but the Pittsburgh offense just doesn't scare me at all right now, and I think that Cincinnati will be able to pull it out in a crazy one, 24-23. I did not expect you to pick Cincinnati in this game at all. Going into Pittsburgh, wow. All right. Well, hey, look, you gave your rationale. And again, it does make sense. The Steelers haven't looked as great. The Bengals are on the rise, and it's a divisional game. Anything can happen. All right, Bengals, good for you. A lot of courage right there, Damian. But you know your stuff, man, so it's uh, I don't like arguing with you. <laughs> all right, let's get, let's get to our Sunday night football game. We have the Ravens at the Patriots. Okay, well. Patriots got a win. It was ugly. It was against the Jets. How much confidence does that give me going against the Ravens, even at home in New England? Absolutely freaking none whatsoever. It's Sunday night football. I think the Ravens are going to eat them alive. (laughs) Cam Newton, I love you, bro, but Jacoby Myers ain't getting 162 reception yards again and 10 catches. It's not going to happen against this defense. And, yeah, they got to get right on offense, but the Patriots' defense has not been playing that well either this year. So I think the Ravens in all facets win this game, even in New England, which is not, you know, the home field advantage that it used to be. So in this Sunday night football game, I'm going to lock in the Ravens over the Patriots in Foxborough. I believe in the Ravens that much in this game. I don't think that the Patriots can match up with them, Nikki. No, me either. Um, You guys, last season on Sunday night football, 
when Brady was with the Patriots, Lamar Jackson led a 37-20 blowout against them. So I think we're in for more of the same. I am also locking in this game, Baltimore 28, New England 18. All right. Well, there you go. Nikki and I are both locking this bad boy in. Trifecta, Damien? Click, click, as the lock sound. <laughs> <laughs> Go with Baltimore as well. My second lock, 24 to 10. Nikki made a great point last year with a better team. Um, Baltimore went in there and whooped on them. Def, this team is not built to beat Baltimore at all. See Baltimore getting their groove back a little bit, especially that running game that we talked about not looking consistent. I see they get that groove back and their confidence back with that running game in this one. I like it. I like it. Yep. Uh, yep. Roll on that one. Sunday night football game should be interesting. We'll see what happens. Maybe Lamar can break out and do his thing. But we all know that Bill Belichick loves to take away your number one option. And he certainly is that. We'll see what he does with Mark Andrews and so on and so forth. I'd like to see J.K. Dobbins get involved a little bit more. And they've been working him in. But uh, all right, let's get to the Monday night football game before we get to our games the Vikings at the Chicago Bears. Monday Night Football. Jeez, uh, again, we go back to the Bears. And, you know, we went over this at nauseum with them. Somehow they seem to pull out games, but they do it ugly. And then when they lose, you know, it's like, what the hell are you going to do? You want Mitch Trubisky? You want to take in some guy off the street to play quarterback? Because it's killing their defense with what's going on. And, Look, you, there's only so much that they can do. You know, you keep a defense on the field for 40 minutes of a game. They're going to get tired at the end, and that's when Dalvin Cook is going to take over. So I got the Vikings 2017 in Monday Night Football, Damian. Yeah, I'm going with the Vikings as well, 21-17. to 17. Uh, Great minds there. And I did predict that Dalvin Cook would have a good game going over 100 yards against this defense. If he's able to do that against this defense, this offense definitely won't be able to make up for it. I got Minnesota winning 21-17. All right. All right. Fair one right there, no doubt. Um, all right, let's get to our next game. Nikki, we got yours on that one, right? No. Um, oh, no, we didn't get it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't go. I'm going to go uh, Minnesota 24, Chicago 21. I think momentum is in the favor of the Vikings. It is. It is. I would definitely agree with that. Momentum is in the favor of the Vikings. Uh, so far, look, our locks, we all got the Packers. We all got the Ravens, and I got the Pittsburgh Steelers, so I got my three locks in. We still got two more to go for my superheroes over here with a few more games. Now let's get to Nikki's game, Eagles at Giants. You heard me talk about the Giants winning the division before, and I think it can start this weekend. They're playing at home. The Eagles obviously don't have their A, B, C, D, E, F, G, or H game. They're just doing, you know, terrible right now. And Carson Wentz pushing through whatever he can do. And the defense, not fantastic. But the Giants are going to be throwing the ball all over the yard. And Philly doesn't have a great secondary to help them out. So I like the Giants in this game 21-16, to Nikki. I'm telling you, this is where it starts. Oh, Jay, I hope you are right. <laughs> because... Philly, they can pull the Uber drivers, the Lyft drivers, I don't know, the DoorDash people. They'll pull anybody off the street, and they will have a career day against us. I so desperately <laughs> want to be wrong here, but I have seen this movie so many times. It always ends the same way in heartbreak. 
me throwing something across the room, probably my remote, just sobbing, going through seven stages of grief, emotionally eating Doritos. Like, I just, <laughs> I can't do it. Um, I want to do it, but I can't. I'm going to be logical. I'm going to go Philly 28, Giants 23. Okay. Hey, look, you got to be fair to yourself and, and, and do what you want. That's all. That's all I have to say. And I like that. You can't be biased. You know, yeah, I, I've picked, a big, picked against my team and I hate doing it, but it's the truth. Well, Nikki, I'll be rooting for you, obviously. I'm picking the Giants on this one. Damien, it's, it's a tough call. You know, what do you think? They're playing in New Jersey. Yeah, it is a tough call. But I am going to go with the Giants to finally reverse the curse. Uh, Daniel Jones has to beat somebody else besides the Washington football team, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you would think that if, if – I know he only has one win outside of those Washington football games. So I think that we have – something has to happen. And I got the Giants winning 27 to 20. Not the best analysis in the world, but when it comes to NFC East, you kind of reason kind of goes out the window. Yeah. Go <laughs> <laughs> with your heart in that one, so I'm going to Giants. Very well said, my friend. Very well said. <laughs> Hey, guys, we only got a few more to do. We got a few name that players, and we have one more big game to talk about. It's my 49ers at Damian Saints. Um, look, for sake of time, um, you know, we're going to get into it a little bit over here. So we're going to take a very quick 30-second break, come right back, close everything out, name that player and all that good stuff. And again, you guys listen to this bad boy third and three podcast, having a lot of fun as always with Tricky Nikki Gist and the real deal Damian Adams. My name is Jason Fearman. We'll give you out the information later for Damian's show, Nikki's Twitter handle, all my nonsense. And again, we just love that you guys participate here and we really appreciate the listeners and everything. You know, you guys help to make the show a lot. So we really appreciate it. And also, once again, you know, to the veterans, just can't thank you enough. And Damien, that goes especially for you too, my brother. Really appreciate it, man. So we're going to keep this thing going. 30 seconds, we'll be back. So hang in there for the final segment. Keeping it chill and relaxed over here with the last segment on the third and three podcast for the evening. Every game we broke down from last week to this week. Knowledge with Nikki, bold predictions, applause, flowers, tomatoes, what the f- and all that good stuff, man. Everything going on over here. Having a great time with, again, my superheroes. Again, thank you to all the veterans out there. Damien. I, my man Lamont Bros. There's so many I can name, and, and gosh, and you know what? I might just list them on Twitter tomorrow. Such great people that really stand up and protect us, so we can live and we can do a show. It's it's just awesome. Again, really, like I said, one of my favorite holidays. If you want to call it a holiday, you know, it's hard to determine those things, but very special day, no doubt about it. Dude, Damien. Why do we have to go back to New Orleans as if it would make a freaking difference of us winning the game? But 
49ers got to go back to New Orleans. The best game of the season last year, 48 to 46, George Kittle dragging it down. Now it looks maybe on a little bit of the opposite side over here. Uh, the 49ers obviously losing everybody. Don't need to go through the names. You already know them because you can't find any of them on the field. So just look on the injury chart. The Saints, they uh, you want to talk about getting right. They got their stuff together, man. They got their players back. The first play of the game in that game, going back to it real quick, Damian, against the uh, Buccaneers, they had a rookie on Cameron Jordan on the first play of the game, and Cameron Jordan got right after Brady. And it's like, do you really want to match up that way? So, again, that's why I say coaching really screwed him over. But you put up three points, you put up three points. I mean, that's that's just pathetic. And, look, Bucks are a better team than the 49ers, despite what we saw over the weekend from Tampa Bay. But I, I, the Niners are not going to win this game against the Saints. The, the Saints are riding high. The 49ers got their heads in the sand right now because there's no stars out there. The one thing I can say, they're playing very, very hard, which I love, which is, you know, you can attribute to the coaching and them also wanting to make the team. So that can make it a little bit more tough. But Damian, I got to be realistic, man. The Saints, maybe they're the number one team in the NFC right now. It certainly isn't Seattle, and it's not the Bucs. So if one of the top teams can beat the fourth-ranked team in the NFC West, um, yeah, I would kind of go that way, man. Yeah, I'm a little sad that we're not playing you guys at full strength because, like you mentioned, last year that game was phenomenal, uh, and they made a difference. I think I've talked about this with you before. That game is what separated us from being a top seed to having to play in the wild card round against Minnesota. Yep, exactly. So with this game, I wanted to get revenge on you at full strength and beat you guys at full strength. It won't feel the same. Uh, definitely, we definitely can't overlook you guys because you guys are going to come in well prepared, ready to play. Uh, but I think you just don't have enough weapons, enough juice there in the team. So I'm going with the Saints, 28 to 14, and that's going to be my third and final lock. The click. <laughs> click, click. <laughs> Do not blame me for a minute, man. Yep, obviously, I'm going with the Saints also. I cannot lock them in. You never know what's going to happen, but uh, I think that we can all pretty much predict maybe 99 percentile what is going to happen. Correct, Nikki? Uh, yes, that would be correct. You can click, click for me, too. That is my third lock of the week. I am going with the Saints over the 49ers just because, like I said, you guys are running a skeleton crew, but crazier things have happened. Yep. Hey, that's the way it goes. You never know. Hey, the Jets almost won Monday Night Football against uh, Bill Belichick's Patriots. So anything crazy can happen. But uh, this one seems a little bit cut and dry over here, guys. All right. So that's the Week 10 picks, the locks. Again, to go over the locks, uh, we all have the Packers. Awesome. We all have the Raiders. And you guys went Saints. And I took Pittsburgh. Uh, against Cincinnati and Damon, you went Cincinnati Lone Ranger on that one. Very brave and very possible. You know, Pittsburgh hasn't been playing as well. Cincinnati on the rise. You never know what can happen. Guys, we got a few more minutes with you before we say goodnight for the evening and get ready for Thursday night football coming up. Can't wait for it. It'll be a nice kickoff to week 10. So name that play. Here we go. We got a little more sports trivia for you. I'll give you one, Damien will give you one, and then I'll give you one more. And then, of course, we will say goodnight for the evening and do what we got to do. But just want to say real quick, guys, before we get into this, 
I'm starting to get very depressed with it getting dark out so freaking early. Nikki, I know you know what the hell I'm talking about. This sucks. It's like dark at like 5.45. Yeah, it's going to get worse too. It's going to be dark at freaking 1.30 in the afternoon. It's, it's unbelievable. I know, Damien. It's going to be worse for me. It's going to be dark in like 20 degrees. <laughs> yeah, I know. You ain't kidding. Nice weather to, to compensate. Yeah, and Damien, you guys are all crazy over there in Arizona with the way you do things. Like you go, you do it for like two weeks, and then you go back. I don't. Even, what the hell time is it over there? <laughs> so we're for one half of the year we're Pacific Standard Time, and for another half of the year we're Mountain Standard Time. So ah. right now we're Mountain Standard Time. So when everybody else flips their clocks back or forward, we don't move. Right. Which means that everything changes around us, but our time. So for example. In the first half of the football year, I'm getting games starting at 10 a.m. But now, they start at 11 a.m. Because we don't do daylight savings time. So, we're, <laughs> our time zone changes. Makes a lot of sense. I like that. I wish that we would all adopt that sort of situation. So, yeah, not bad. Not bad. It's also not fun driving to work when it's dark in the morning either, and that's coming around. Oh, goodness gracious. All right, let's do this Mount, uh, This uh, name that player deal. Here we go. I'm going to give you guys the first one. Damien, you got the second one, and then I'll close it out. Unless you had, to, you got one this I week got, or two. I got two this week. Oh, great, excellent. All, all right, so you can close this out this week. Here we go. First one. Name that play, and you know I'll repeat it. This is my fifth year in the league, all with the same team. I'm a running back, and already led the league in rushing twice. I missed six games in my second season due to injury. I'm a three-time Pro Bowler and have been first-team All-Pro back in 2016. I'll repeat it again. This is my fifth year in the league, all with the same team. I'm a running back and already led the league in rushing twice. I missed six games in my second season due to injury. I'm a three-time Pro Bowler and have been first-team All-Pro back in 2016. I have a feeling you guys know this, but let's see. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I had a thought, but then you said by injury, and it threw off what I was thinking about. Oh, okay, okay. Well, again, it, I, I say I'll say one thing. She's uh, one of the, you know, um. A very, very good back in the league, no doubt about it, and maybe even maybe even a little bit more than that. But uh, yeah, fifth year, all with the same team. Um, led the league in rushing twice, but uh, had that one year he was bumped up a little bit. But an all pro, and his numbers are dwindle. I'll give you a little bonus: his numbers are dwindling because of the team around him. And remember, it's a running back. So I'm going to go with my first start and say Ezekiel Elliott. Okay, not a bad guess at all. Nikki, you got one? Uh, no, I don't. So let's just go with Damien's pick. Very well done. When you do that, you're you're right. Ezekiel Elliott is the correct answer. Well done, brother. Okay. Well done. Okay, Excellent. The reason I was going off at first because I was thinking about the suspension. And when you said by injury, I was like, oh. I mean, is that somebody different? 
Ah, all right. Yeah, but you came around and you figured it out, man. Well done. Excellent job. Excellent. Score a point. Thank you, thank you. Let me give you my first one. All right. So, this player was drafted back in 1987 and played all the way until 2004. Uh, The journeyman quarterback made it to four Pro Bowls and was a two-time All-Pro but didn't make it to his first Pro Bowl until he was 34 years old. Wow. And he is somebody who they still have a issue with Tom Brady till this day. Can you name this player? Issue with Brady. If you could repeat it once more, I'll give it my best shot. This sounds pretty good. but didn't retire until 2004. He was a journeyman quarterback that turned himself into a four-time Pro Bowler and two-time All-Pro. Didn't make his first Pro Bowl until he was 34 years old and may still have a problem with Tom Brady till this day. That last part is throwing me off. They still have a problem with Tom Brady to this day. Mm. Otherwise, I thought I may have had the answer. Um, okay. Played from 87. This is good, Damien. Played from 87 to 2004. Had an issue with Brady. And the last part was... That he was a four-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, and didn't make his first Pro Bowl until he was 34. Well... That's who I was going to say, Vinny Testaverde. Okay, that's the only person I can think of. Because <laughs> I knew it's not Bledsoe, so I was thinking Vinny yeah, Testaverde that's also. I was like, yeah, Bledsoe, no, Testaverde, uh, that's the only one I got. Okay, uh, both of you guys going Vinny Testaverde? Yeah. So the correct answer is Rich Gannon. Ooh, oh. and I thought about him oh. too. Good question. Good yeah, question. So Uh huh. All right, makes sense. That's what I couldn't get—that issue with Brady part. But yeah, I was with you, Nikki. I was thinking Vinny Testaverde because back in '87. All right, that's yeah. a great question. I didn't realize that Rich Gannon was drafted in '87. I thought it was a little bit later than that. Very good job, Damien. You stumped us both. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well done. All right, here's my last name that player, and then we'll get to Damien's last one. All right, here we go. Yeah, two each. Two each. And you still do good at it, so stop complaining. You're always good at this game. You play like you're not, you're like you're not good. I hate this game. Uh, <laughs> I hate this game. All right. Well, pay attention to this one. This one could be a little tough, but pay attention. I'm a wide receiver. I was drafted in the third round in 2015 and still play on the same team. I'm under... Six feet tall, under six feet tall. I've played in every game except one in 2016. I have one of the best QBs in the league throwing me the ball. I'm not a big numbers guy, but I'm extremely efficient and make some great catches. In fact, I had a 200-yard, three-touchdown receiving game this season. 
I'll do it one more time. And there is a bonus in there if if it gets a little too tough. I'm a wide receiver drafted in the third round in 2015. I still play on the same team, have never left. Under six feet tall as a wide receiver. Played in every game except once in, 20, in 2016. Has one of the best QBs in the league throwing him the ball. He doesn't have big numbers, but he's extremely efficient, makes great catches. And this season, he had a 200-yard, three-touchdown receiving game. Any idea? Like a lot to you, I'm stumped. Totally stumped? Can you remember a big game by a receiver, 200 yards, three touchdowns, maybe fantasy, it popped up somewhere? I think. I remember under six feet tall. That's that's a key. Yeah, and he's taller than that too. So, okay. Um, I know it's a little tough. Tall. Trying to think someone under six feet tall. Nikki got any, got any names swirling around, Nikki? No, not really. All right, all right. Yep. In fact, he's 5'10". 5'10". And you want me to give you the bonus? Yes, please. Okay. If it wasn't for a couple of letters on the other side, my stats would increase. Try to figure that one out. That's a boy, Damien. There you go. There you go. <laughs> the DK of the two letters, the DK Metcalf. There you go, bro. Nice. Nice. Sounds a good one. Nice. Hey, I, I tried to go a little out of the box. You know, we usually do, you know, the, some of the most big time players. The Tyler Lockett is big time. There's no doubt about it. But uh, yeah, all right. All right. Good job. Good job. I, I, I was thinking that last one. You know, may put it over the edge, but that that was a hard question. There's no doubt about it. So, well done. That was a good one. That was a good one. All right, so here's the last one, and we can close out the show. Let Nikki get something to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I literally am just thinking about like bacon, eggs, and toast. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I'm starving too now. All right, so I'm a wide receiver who was drafted back in 1996 out of Kansas City Chiefs. But didn't really make a name for myself until I went to the New Orleans Saints. I am someone who is known for using a cell phone at the wrong time. Can you name that player? I most certainly can. Nikki, you want to give it a shot before I give my answer? Go ahead. You sure? Yeah. Okay. I should be right, and if I'm wrong, I'm going to smack myself. Uh, Joe Horn. Yes, Joe Horn is correct. All right. Remember, the infamous uh, cell phone. Yep. <laughs> the adding of the field goal celebration there. Oh, that was him. Oh, cool. Yep, that was Joe <laughs> Horn. And he was great. Well, maybe not great. He was a really good wide receiver. He really was. Yeah, he had some great seasons. But he, was, he was really good for the Saints there. Uh, I 
like he could have played more with Breeze, but by that time he was a little older. Um, but he had his years for Aaron Brooks. So imagine if he had a Drew Brees type quarterback to throw him the ball. Hey, uh, wow, remember Aaron Brooks. Man, I haven't thought about him in a long time. Yeah, I liked his game. I liked his game. It wasn't complete, but yeah, I did like him. Yeah, the Saints, yeah, very interesting. Very interesting. And right now, man, you know, Nikki, we're going to let you get out of here. We're going to get out of here. I'm hungry too. You know, want to watch some TV and stuff. But yeah, I think that the Saints may be the best team in that conference. You know, Green Bay, not too far behind. You know, the Bucks will get their stuff together. But I'm worried about Seattle. AFC, it's Kansas City, it's Pittsburgh. Baltimore's got to play better. Um, you know, we'll see. Your guys' Super Bowl prediction may be right, at least on the NFC side, because the Saints are looking great right now. And it'd be hard-pressed for me to say I'm not rooting for Drew Brees since I know my 49ers are out this year. So Damian and obviously Nikki, I always root for New York teams. I will be rooting for your guys living vicariously with you through the rest of the season. Definitely appreciate it. I'm still, I'm, I'm definitely worried about Baltimore on our Super Bowl prediction. Yeah. Um, they haven't looked like a Super Bowl caliber team, not yet, but they're still, they're still in it, so we'll see. But the Saints looking good right now. I don't want to jinx it, but you look good right now. Yeah, they definitely look good. They look good. Hey, we look good on third and three podcasts. We did our thing, did it again. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Again, we always appreciate the feedback, whatever you got to say, good, bad, and different, whatever it is. And again, thank you to all the veterans out there, those who have served, will serve. Just thank you so much, Damien. Obviously, you're so much included in that. God bless you, man. Uh, this Just, again, a great show. You know, I love how we go into this stuff not knowing a damn thing and having a great time and laughing. It's just awesome. New segments getting brought in, like, almost weekly over here. The great minds of you two. You guys are my superheroes. I love you. Damien, tell them where to find your solo show, bro. Yes, so you can find my show, The Real Deal, with Damien Adams on all podcast platforms. Uh, Like I said earlier, I did a bonus episode. I went to L.A. to visit some of my old Navy buddies, and they're big sports fans as well. So it's a very funny episode where we talk about they still mad about me saying my tax is overrated, so we argue about that. <laughs> uh, we, we argue about LeBron versus Jordan. We have some of our classic debates. So the name of the episode is called Play the Classics. We even talk about what's the best sitcom of all time, best movie of all time. We had a good episode on the, the bonus episode that we did on Sunday. Um, so, again, The Real Deal with Damian Adams on all social media platforms and all podcast platforms. Go ahead and subscribe. And give that five stars, baby. Hook them up. That's the way it belongs. And Tricky Nikki, I mean, the stats, the knowledge, it's beautiful. You complete the show. Make sure they know where to follow you, kid. Follow me on Twitter at Nikki Nick 9384. That's where it's at. Make sure you heard it. Nikki Nick 9384. Follow her. Follow third and three podcasts. We follow back. We've gotten some more follows lately. I appreciate it. Again, we'll always follow back. This is the third and three podcast. I love this team. We have so much fun. We just feed each other great, no problems, no nonsense, just a whole lot of football fun. And we're going to continue it throughout the rest of the year. And then some can't wait for basketball to get going. We're going to talk about that as well. So much coming up on the third and three podcast for Damian Adams. For Nikki Gist, I am Jason Fearman. This is the Third and Three Podcast. Once again, thank you to all the veterans out there. We appreciate you more than you can possibly even imagine. God bless you all. And hey, everybody, 
Let's say peace and let's have a great football weekend. All right. So we are out third and three. Peace, everyone.